Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. No, living the dream once again here on a fabulous Sunday. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. I guess we can still call it Red Zone Radio, and I'm going to tell you why. Hartman and Orenberger here right now. This is the most listened to radio show in the world. (laughs) <laughs> we are uh, in the midst of a, a firestorm uh, where uh, my partner during the week and on this Sunday show, Rich Ornberger, is now the most trended individual on the planet. I know we have situation with Russia and U- Ukraine. We got we got a COVID situation, but no, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, this man, Rich Ornberger, is the most talked about person in the entire planet. Rich, this is this is big stuff for you right now. I'm I'm going to all these news outlets, and there it is: Rich Ornberger, Rich Ornberger, Rich Ornberger taking on Bruce Arians, Tom Brady. I mean, we got all the names there, uh, and now here we are. So I know Arians is listening right now. I know Tom Brady's listening right now. I know the entire world is listening right now. For you, my friend, how does it feel to be having the all this focus on you and everything you have to say on this beautiful Sunday morning. Well, I I do think that, and, and thank you, Steve. It's good to be with you too. Uh, the, <laughs> I do think that doing what we do, I am particularly aware of both having played football and now broadcasting about sports in general, the pressure that are applied to athletes and people who are in the spotlight. And trust me when I tell you, it's been an interesting 24 hours or so given all that's happened and we'll get through all of it. Um, But um, 
look, I have no axes to grind. I'm axeless. Uh, I am just merely reporting a story that I've confirmed with multiple sources over the course of weeks and put out into the conversation because I felt like it was relevant. You know, we have a retirement uh, from Tom Brady, the greatest player to ever play this game, uh, an incredible ambassador of the sport of football. And we have this union that seemed too good to be true in Tampa Bay where he goes down there after a long stint of success in New England. And for obvious reasons now, uh, that, that stint came to an end. And there weren't such obvious reasons as to why it was coming to an end in Tampa Bay. And I overheard conversation about this uh, during the week of Super Bowl. And I, I asked questions and I dug deeper. And I found people willing to talk off the record about some of these things. And and so, look, this is this is where we're at now, and we can outline everything that I've put out there, and we can discuss and debate uh, all we want. But but that's the story as I heard it, and I'm sticking to it. Well, and uh, when you think about it, and obviously we've been you know doing shows for years, and we we talked a lot about the future of Tom Brady and the the seemingly uh, outstanding partnership he had with Bruce Arians who welcomed him with open arms I was always suspicious though about this and the whole Bruce Arians dynamic let's let's make one thing perfectly clear about Bruce Arians who had quite a journey to becoming a Super Bowl winning coach uh, this is a guy who was the coach at Temple in the mid 80s this is a guy who you know had to fight his way through the assistant coaching ranks for many years he had a burnout situation in Arizona. Seemingly had left the game. He had health problems and everything else. And then he reemerges in Tampa with the thoughts that maybe he could turn Jameis Winston's career around. It was an interesting year with Jameis Winston, obviously. First 30-30 quarterback of all time. Touchdown passes and interceptions. And then eventually Tom Brady falls into his lap. And, of course, there is, on the outside looking in, and, Rich, obviously you know this much better than most because of your years in the NFL, the dynamic of having a quarterback like Tom Brady, who is the GOAT, and as a head coach, how much do you actually have to do offensively when you could just turn the game plan over to a quarterback like Tom Brady but understand where Bruce Arians is coming from? Because his entire career was coaching quarterbacks or running offenses, very much in control of the situation. So after a year that obviously ended shorter than they they hope, um, you know, but offensively it just seemed like okay. I mean, this is only getting better. Tom Brady had one of his most prolific passing seasons of his entire career, and the idea that he would just suddenly retire uh, in the midst of that. As you said, and as we were both looking at each other, like something is up. Something has happened here beyond just the idea that Tom Brady decided, all right, I've had enough. I'm going to walk away. So uh, basically what you had put out there, and this has been picked up everywhere. You see Rich's name trending all over the place, is what you've heard from people that you know know. Let's make that clear. And people yes. people that, you know, like the, the Mike Florios of the world and everyone else, those that are insiders, they trust an insider. They know that you're not just throwing stuff out there when you're reporting this. You are talking to people directly 
that know the situation. And so those on the information business, let's put it that way, are not questioning your sources at all, nor should they. And I just I, I I can't wait to see what's next. I understand the pushback coming from Bruce Arians. He's been known to push back. Yeah. This is Bruce Arians. He's never been one to let something like this just go and not say anything. That's Bruce Arians' style to respond to that. Um, but it, it really makes sense, Rich. I mean, this is something we've talked about on the periphery, but now you have the sources to back it up. And I just love the fact that this is out there. And, of course, now the question is, so where is Tom Brady going to play in 2022? Because now everyone I'm talking to is like, it's a done deal. It's not going to be Tampa, but he's going to play somewhere in 2022. Yeah, I want to separate my reporting from now, like my speculation and my conjecture. This is just what I speculate based on the information that I heard over the past couple of weeks. I don't think he's coming back to Tampa. If there is going to be a return from retirement, I imagine Tom is going to work with the Buccaneers and they're going to try to find a favorable situation for him to move on to should he want to return to the game of football. Uh, and and yeah, that like that is going to be one of the juiciest storylines of this NFL offseason. Really, the quarterback position in general is so much in flux. It's like no other time I've ever been a part of this game before. I'm sure you could say the same thing, Steve. I mean, Russell Wilson could be on the move. Aaron Rodgers could be on the move. Tom Brady may come out of retirement play for a different squad. Deshaun Watson, the story is still unknown whether or not he's going to be able to find a job with another team, get traded. Uh, Carson Wentz, there's speculation of him going somewhere else. Derek Carr, there's speculation of him going somewhere else. The Steelers need a quarterback. Name a team. They need a quarterback. And so there's there's more news swirling around that position in terms of starting quarterbacks, high-caliber quarterbacks who in the past were not available. They would stay with one franchise for years and years and years and years and maybe at the tail end of their career when they had they were almost on e-gas tank-wise, uh, they would be signed as a free agent somewhere else to back up a young star. That, that's how this typically went. We're in a new era in the NFL, and it is the most exciting time to cover the sport. It is. And, and this, this brings up, again, the emerging power of the athlete. Um, for years and years and years, all these players, no matter how much money they make in whatever sport you want to choose, have always felt a little suppressed. I mean, think about it. What other profession out there are you told this is where you're going to play? You know, in the, in the old days, we talk about, you know, free agency and everything else. But when you come out in the draft or you're signed coming out of college, you are dictated to where it is you are going to play. Right. And for many athletes, and just staying with the NFL for a moment, because I believe the nature of football, more than any other sport, you are a product of a system. And if you're the right fit in a system, go back to uh, Joe Montana being drafted in the third round out of Notre Dame by Bill Walsh. His skill set fit the ideal of what Bill Walsh had in mind for a West Coast offense and a work where both guys end up in the Hall of Fame. But you can count dozens and dozens of players who were went to the wrong team, wrong coach, wrong system, and it had a, a major effect on their entire career. All right, on the other side, I want to tie together Tom Brady with another GOAT. 
And the idea that if you've ascended to a certain level in your sport, should you be able to dictate exactly how your career ends? We'll talk about that coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from RYOBI. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the RYOBI 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the RYOBI leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with RYOBI's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day Savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger, I want to thank uh, my dear friend Jeff Schwartz, Rich, because yesterday... He predicted that his Oregon Ducks were going to get blown out by Arizona Mm -hmm. basketball. And immediately, David Gascon bet everything on Oregon to cover the spread. Oh. And Oregon did cover the spread, which meant he had some extra cash in his pocket and brought in breakfast burritos today. So thank you very much. (laughs) Fade trade, baby. Fade trade. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. That was easy. Great wow. game, great game right down the wire. So, uh, wow. So, a uh, big thank you to Jeff Schwartz for making his prediction that Arizona would indeed blow out Oregon. Uh, instead, Gascon went the other. Uh, big, big payday, David Gascon. Big, big payday. It was bigger than the Super Bowl last week, and uh, wow. I'll say that much. Yeah, very good. Smart Fantastic. money. All right, so we're happy about that, very much so. Uh, all right, Rich, I, I want to take a little more. We're talking about the situation with Tom Brady and his future. And I want to tie in somebody else that's also the GOAT, at least in my opinion, and in the opinion of many, that's LeBron James. Uh, oh, yeah. I got the NBA All-Star game going on today in Cleveland, and LeBron went into great detail on how he wants to end his career. He wants to end his career playing 
with his son, Bronny, who, by the way, under the current NBA rules, is not even eligible for the NBA until the 24-25 season. But I have a question for you, Rich. Um, If you've ascended to the level of a LeBron James or a Tom Brady, should you be accommodated? In other words, if Tom Brady... Now, again, you have to have both parties working here, but it seems pretty clear, and LeBron did not rule out the possibility of finishing his career in a Cleveland Cavaliers uniform. And as he has also stated, that he wants to be playing on the court with his son, Bronny. Hmm. Now, that's asking a lot of an organization, but you're the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, by the way, a team that's on the rise right now, if you haven't checked out Cleveland, they got a pretty good basketball team. Different trajectory than the, uh, the Lakers currently. Very different. So if LeBron James says to Cleveland, look, I want to return home. I want to end my career in a Cleveland Cavaliers uniform. And, oh, by the way, I also want you to sign my son, Bronny, so that I have a chance to play a year with my son. Or, in the case of Tom Brady, maybe he wants to go where it all started, the Bay Area. Grew up a 49ers fan. He was at the catch game, you know, as a kid. Um, Lifetime 49ers fan, idolized Joe Montana, grew up in the Bay Area if if Tom Brady says, "Look, I I want to I want to end my career in a 49ers uniform," so hey, San Francisco, I know you got this guy Trey Lance. He gave up three number ones, but if if you could just push him aside for a year, so I could you know play for the 49ers, I'm still good. So is LeBron. It's not like we're talking about two guys that are broken down. Both of these guys playing right now still at a extremely high level. Do you feel like? If you were the 49ers with Tom Brady or the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James, would you accommodate these two guys? And again, we're not talking about some broken down guys that you know can't play anymore, obviously. But would you accommodate them because they are the goats? Yes, <laughs> I think that's yeah. right. Right, <laughs> like that—that that is the answer for for multiple reasons. But let's start. Let's just start with the legacy play. Um, you know this as well as I do, Steve, that down the stretch of, for example, a Kobe Bryant's career, uh, the Lakers weren't having winning seasons, but they were still able to sell out staples yep. at the time now, Crypto.com Arena, because Kobe Bryant was the show. That was an icon. That was a legend. That was somebody who wasn't so much leading a championship franchise anymore more having a, le- um, what do you call it, a residency, like some of these Las Vegas entertainers at Staples Center. Like, that's what it became. He was the show. He was the Lakers. And so there's there's something to that with LeBron returning to the Cleveland Cavaliers, with Tom Brady returning home, so to speak, his, his true home, the Bay Area, to represent the 49ers for his final season. Um, but outside of that, logically, you can make sense of this too. What would be the best way to prepare Trey Lance to take over the 49ers should that be the case? Should Mm -hmm. that be what the goal is for the 49ers? Have him mentored by the greatest player who's ever walked the planet. How about that? Uh, in terms of the Cleveland Cavaliers, they'll probably have to spend the, the, their first round draft pick uh, or even trade up to the very first overall to get Bronny. 
But if you're going to set a, a, a young player in the correct direction, uh, set a franchise in the right direction, having the greatest player who's ever walked the planet in your arena again might be helpful. So I'm sure part of this deal will be all hammered out behind the scenes, especially talking about LeBron, since he's made this very clear what his intentions are. I imagine he'd be willing to take an enormous pay cut to make this happen because this, again, is a legacy play, but there's an upside to it. I'm thinking about comments made by a dear friend of ours, Mark Willard, former partner of yours and yep. longtime friend of mine. He was on yesterday nationally here on the Fox Sports Radio Network, and he's out of the Bay Area. And he was dismissing the idea of Brady coming to San Francisco because he made the point that even though you could say, well, hey, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years waiting his turn behind Brett Favre, but he said, name a quarterback that was a top three overall pick. Not some third-round pick or later first-round pick. A guy that was a top three overall pick that you gave up multiple number ones moving up to that slot that would have to sit for an indefinite period of time. I mean, if Tom Brady were to come to the 49ers, let's say he wins the Super Bowl immediately. I mean, this is a team that was in the NFC Championship game, and I think we would all agree that Tom Brady would be an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, so let's say he comes to San Francisco and they win a Super Bowl. He's like, hey, I'm home. My parents are down the road. They get to see me. This is great. I'm going to play a few more years. I don't see a problem here. Trey Lance is going to get paid. Trey Lance is going to get an extension on his deal. Remember, this is a Trey Lance who played one year as an FCS quarterback in North Dakota State. One year. Right. So he has a lot to learn. And as you said, learning from the best Tom Brady um, is no problem. So I don't see why this would be – in any way a detriment to the development of Trey Lance or in any way a detriment to the San Francisco 49ers. 49er fans want another Super Bowl championship. It's been almost 30 years since the 49ers won a Super Bowl. If Tom Brady comes back to his hometown and wins that championship, guess what? 49er fans are going to be very happy, just like they were not upset about Kevin Durant showing up and winning a couple of championships for the Golden State Warriors. Carpetbag or whatever, a championship's a championship from a fan's perspective. So, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, this is guessing right now, but do you think something could be reached? As, as you seem to have indicated through your sources, it's irreparable what happened in Tampa. Otherwise, Tom would not have walked away, but he's still a property of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They would have to engineer a trade for him to get into. And again, there's other teams out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could say Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Denver. There there are teams out there that could be had. But Tom Brady, I'm sure at this point, says the only way I'm going to come out of retirement is if I'm going to the destination of my choice. The 49ers seem like an obvious choice, one because of their proximity and the other because they're a really good football team. <laughs> they really and, are. And they are a really good football team that could win a Super Bowl. So it, it what do feels, you think? It feels very similar to the Bucks in 2020, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, you got this really solid defense. You have an offense that's loaded with weapons. You know that – if he should be traded to the 49ers, there are going to be additional free agent or trades made to bolster that roster, especially offensively. Uh, give an example, Gronk. 
I mean, could he potentially go with Tom if he would be traded to the 49ers? Um, you know, are there other receivers who are free agents this year who are getting closer to the end of their career who are waiting to see whether or if Tom Brady comes back to play and where that's going to be? And then their agent gets on the phone and says, I'd like to play with Tom too. Uh, and, and, you know, going back to the comments you made about Trey Lance, there are so many examples. There are so many examples of high picks, of high-prized talents out of the amateur ranks who sit around for years waiting for their opportunities to impress at the professional level. We saw this with Aaron Rodgers, who had zero starts for his first three years of his career behind Brett Favre, and then he took over the Packers, and he's one of the greatest players in the game. Mike Trout did not play. 2009 season, 2010 season, 2011 season, he finally cracked the lineup for the Angels, right? So the first two and a half years of his career, and he's arguably the greatest of all time in that sport, right? James Harden, one of the greatest players in basketball, has been at the top of this league for years now. First three years of his career, zero starts, five starts, two starts. I understand people are getting impatient on this Trey Lance storyline, but when somebody's incubating behind the scenes, it doesn't necessarily always mean that it isn't going to work out when they finally get their chance. It may be delayed another year if the 49ers have inroads to getting Tom Brady in trade. It doesn't mean that Trey Lance isn't worthy of being a great in this game. We've seen this before. All right. On the other side, uh, eventually I want to get to the whole LeBron dynamic and how it affects the Lakers as we're here on the All-Star break. But I want to talk about a possible domino effect if indeed Tom Brady does return to the NFL. But first, let's find out what's trending right now. He is, simply put, the most popular man on the planet right now, and that would be Mr. David Gascon. I mean, Rich is the most famous on the planet right now, but you you are the most popular right now. That's right. Kind of weird, though, coming in here because each of you three, not Rich, but Ryan, Sam, and yourself, Mm -hmm. um... Sung my praise a little bit higher than normal. Yeah, and I come because, to find out you guys were all starving because of the burritos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were all starving. It's you know it's ten thirty here Pacific in Los Angeles. You guys had not eaten all morning, so it's kind of oh, yeah, remarkable. It's absolutely a remarkable. And again, a, a indirect thanks to Jeff Schwartz. Yes, yeah, big time. I mean, he had conviction, and so did I. <laughs> yes. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, you did. All right, uh, busy, uh, busy Sunday today. It, it's light. Yeah. It's rather light. Very light. I don't know. Are you guys big fans of the Daytona 500? Well, as you know, uh, I went there twice yeah. with my former partner, NASCAR legend Chris Myers. Yeah, he's hosting today. Um, I will say this. Having been there at that racetrack, it is impressive. Awesome. I mean, it is it is an incredible scene that surrounds the Daytona 500. It's without a doubt the biggest racing event, and I say this with all due respect to the Indy 500. Oh my! And I'm old school, so the Indy <laughs> 500 is something I was raised with. But yeah, Daytona is at the very least the equal of yeah in stature right now. So yeah, and I, I it's interesting. Imagine a sport where you start the season with your biggest event. Like imagine if you started the season with the Super Bowl. Right. That's that's how NASCAR works. Their biggest event. The Daytona 500 is the first event Amazing. of the year. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're not a Formula One guy then? Nah, you know, not. I've never been. I mean, I follow it, but no, not to the degree I had of, no idea uh, how dangerous that was until I started watching, you know, episodes of those series they have oh, out yeah. now on Formula One. Like, those yeah. guys, oh, that is crazy, though. 
I would never. Now, have, I would never. I, I know Rich probably hasn't, but Steve, have you ever gotten into a stock car? I have. I have driven in a stock car. Not. I wasn't driving oh, one. Okay. No, I've been in the car with an actual driver. I drove. Which one is in, always an experience. I, I drove one in Fontana. And I'm a little reckless when it comes to behind the wheel, <laughs> but you don't get more scared than prior to getting into the car because the insurance documents you gotta you gotta oh, fill no, no, out. No, no. no, it's interesting, you know, because you know I, I was in the Long Beach Grand Prix twice as a driver, so I've raced before, but those are like Celicas and yeah, you know, um, I <laughs> I did. This was out in Tustin. Yeah, they had an open track, and we were in these really revved up Mustangs. I mean, really powerful. Mm-hmm. And they were all they were telling us is be careful. We don't want to damage these cars. So I was in the car with an instructor. I'm driving, but this guy, he was aggressive, and I was aggressive. And ultimately, my race ended with a spin out where I got slammed into by another car. Oh. And I left the track. I just walked away because I didn't want to see what was going to happen to me. I just sort of left. Now, on, on the track, did they give you a line of sight to follow? They did. It was yeah. o- it was an open air, so there were no walls or anything else, but there yeah. was a supposed track. Yeah. And this guy this guy was like, you got to floor it, man. You got to floor it. And I'm like trying to hang on like, whoa. Now, I've, first, I've, you're I've, I've talked to Steve about this, but the, my only experience being on a track was at the uh, Indianapolis Speedway, Super Speedway. And those turns are banked so steeply, yeah. you, can't, you can't even walk up them. No. You're like, you'll, you slide back down. It's like climbing a mountain. And when we were there for the Super Bowl, they allowed us to go around the track as a passenger in the brand new, I think it was the uh, Camaro that, that year coming out, whatever it was. And you're in pa- the passenger seat. When you hit those banking turns, I mean, you turn and left, you're in the, the lap of the driver. Oh, it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Same yeah. thing at Daytona. I mean, you, you can't see it on TV, but the it's ridiculous. You cannot actually walk up yeah. the embankments. It's, it's so steep. It's Crazy. wild. But things that will never take place in Iowa for a thousand. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have the, uh, the Iowa Speedway where they do the uh, the Corn 400 or whatever it's called. The there is a Na- 400. There is a NASCAR event in Newton, Iowa. Uh, I'll look up the name. Hold on. I can't believe I opened my mouth. Everything is carved out of a cornfield in Iowa. <laughs> That's true. That. Guys, uh, college basketball today, a handful of games in the top 25. Wisconsin by three over Michigan. Providence and Butler on FS1. Butler leads by 13. And then Houston trailing Wichita State by one. 16-15 National Hockey League Hurricanes and Penguins are scoreless right now. And, yeah, the Daytona 500 a few moments away from getting underway. Kyle Larson has the uh, poll. Alex Boma will sit in second. All the action is available on Fox and also the Fox Sports app. So, gentlemen, I uh, gave you a few minutes to uh, stuff your faces. Back, yes. Back to work. Uh, we will do that. Very, very good. Thank you, David. All right. Uh, I want to follow up about we were talking about the possibility now almost the probability that uh, Tom Brady may unretire uh, now that he has uh, figured out a way to wiggle out of the Tampa Bay situation. Um, but there could be a domino effect here, Rich. March 14th is a critical day. That is the day the teams are allowed in the NFL to negotiate with agents, uh, rest- unrestricted free agents out there. Free agency begins and for many teams, obviously, this is a time where they either are going to be upset that they are not in a position financially to spend a lot of money, or for some, they got a lot of cap space and going to gobble up as many free agents as they can. It's also a significant day because Aaron Rodgers has indicated to the Green Bay Packers and anyone else that would listen 
that his decision on whether he will remain a Packer, insist on a trade, or even retire will be made before that date. So this is only a few weeks away. But let's go back to the Tom Brady situation. You know, two years ago, we obviously had a matchup of Green Bay and Tampa in Green Bay for the NFC Championship. How much do you think, Rich, a decision by Tom Brady may weigh on whether Aaron Rodgers remains in Green Bay, which I still think is his best option because when we talk about Pittsburgh or Tennessee or Denver or one of these other teams, I don't think they're as good as the Packers right now. But how much do you think he might be following the Brady situation before he makes his own decision on his future in the NFL? That's a good question. I do think, though, these things are mutually exclusive. Like, I don't think because one thing happens, the other doesn't, unless there is one team in common that is weighing whether or not to trade for one or the other. And and maybe maybe there's a team out there that thinks of Aaron or Tom Brady as their first uh, choice in trade and the other as a potential fail-safe or a plan B should plan A fizzle out for whatever reason. Um, but but in terms of like the players themselves, I don't necessarily they're going to be looking over their shoulder wondering what the other's going to do. I think they're both, for good reason, very confident in their abilities that should they sign with a team, especially uh, in the case of both of them traded to a situation that would be a good one. You know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is in a good situation in Green Bay. They're, they're, they have a little, they have some decision making to do with the the cap space they have. But that's a solid football team. I think Matt Lafleur is a good coach. I think that they work well together. Um, a little bit of the brain drain in the the coaching carousel as cer- certain coaches left. Um, but they added Rich Basaccia to the the staff. Uh, as the special teams coordinator, which was a major problem during the playoffs. So that should uh, repair things on that side of the ball. But Aaron's in a situation where he's in a good situation. He can move to another good situation. Tom Brady's retired. So it's a win-win for him as well. He either comes back and he plays for a winner or he doesn't and he just continues doing what he's doing, which is tweeting occasionally for sponsors. I mean, it's a good life right now for Tom Brady. So I don't think either one of them are really looking over their shoulders to see what the other is doing. But I do think the teams could potentially viewing their options and may have, you know, on certain lists, Brady as 1A. Rodgers as 1B and you know in other lists it may be Rodgers is 1A and Brady is 1B in terms of trade targets. Yeah, it's amazing how this is all going to play out, which is why the NFL is the NFL. We always have storylines to talk about no matter what time. Adam Kaplan by the way, uh yesterday uh was on our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider and he still is leaning to the idea that Aaron Rodgers will be a Green Bay Packer in 2022. Hmm. Um, and his feeling again is when Aaron Rodgers takes a step back now, you know, special teams, Packers fire their special teams coach. They seem to be making changes in areas of deficiency for that team. Of course, we still have to get the, uh, definitive answer on the future of Devontae Adams, <laughs> which is sort of a big part of this and whether they can uh, work it out. But uh, you know how it is, Rich, if you really want somebody, no matter what kind of cap restrictions you have, there's always ways. There's always ways. There's always ways. I mean, if if there's if, always more money somehow, you can always. <laughs> oh well, this was the beauty of uh, Tom Brady back in the day with the Patriots. When they needed more money, he was willing to restructure his contract. 
And by the way, it wasn't that he took pay cuts. What they do is you get money up front. Okay, you want to redo my deal? All right, hand me whatever, ten million extra, fifteen million, whatever up front, and then that can be deferred over a long period of time. So when you hear about the teams are up against the cap and they have no wiggle room, everyone has a wiggle room. Okay, yeah. everyone can pretty much, especially if you got a player that you want to re-sign. You have the means to do that. And, and it's not just the star quarterbacks. This happens all the time, all the time. with star safeties and star defensive mm-hmm. linemen and star uh, wide receivers and running backs where all of a sudden a guy is getting close to or at a contract year and he gets a new deal and it's structured oddly to compensate them mostly in bonuses and upfronts and guarantees and things like that because the hope is they stay healthy over the length of the contract uh, to reach incentives that have been in place, but also to make good on the team side for the bonuses that you had to pay to bring them in. It's a risk versus reward proposition, but if teams feel good enough about a player's durability and a player's ability, obviously, they make those concessions to free up cap space to, again, push your chips into the middle of the table and say we're all in again. So, yeah, you look around the league at teams who are a little bit up against it, have a lot of decisions to make in free agency like the Rams, like the Packers. There are many other teams close to the top of that list in terms of how much money they can still budget to spend right now. But as you pointed out, and I think perfectly so, there's ways you can free yourself up and uncuff yourself from the burdens of paying uh, out, out your nose in salary, and and you can bring that number down significantly. All right, now uh, Iowa Sam, who's in the midst of a breakfast burrito I euphoria, haven't even started it yet. Um, I've been researching IndyCar series. All right, so now you have an IndyCar <laughs> correction. Yes, is what you said. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't uh, Iowa does did have a race. Um, it was part of the IndyCar series, though, at the Iowa Speedway in mm-hmm. Newton, Iowa, from 20, 2007 to twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. It was known as the Iowa Corn Indy two fifty, and then eventually. The Iowa Corn 300, and mm-hmm. Ryan Hunter Ray won it three times. So they really did have a big race there every year for a while. Part of the IndyCar series. Can you so not, define not big? Like, like everyone talking about it big? Well, or? you have some of the, you have like Andretti Autosports, who had the most wins. They had seven right. wins. You had the major players there. Right, you had right. the big motorsports companies. Okay. The big I, I follow some racing. Yeah. Never heard it's of part it. part of Indy, IndyCar. Never heard of it. Though. Never heard it. It's a smaller one. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never heard of it. Iowa That's Corn okay. 300. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, all right. <laughs> I know people care. All but, right. Yeah. So that is the correction you want to make. Dig into your burrito. Thank all you right. On the other side. Uh, the impact of a now employed assistant coach who's also suing the National Football League. How's this going to play out with Brian Flores moving forward? Now that he's a member of the Steelers organization, we'll tell you coming up next. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from RYOBI. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the RYOBI 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the RYOBI leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with RYOBI's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger, the first Sunday after the Super Bowl. Rams now at the top of the mountain. Got a follow-up on how that is being Reacted to in their home city of Los Angeles a little bit later on. But right now, let's talk about Brian Flores, who got a job just 18 days after he filed a class action lawsuit against the NFL, the New York Giants, Denver Broncos, Dolphin Organization, alleging racial discrimination and other allegations. He gets hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers as a senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach. Let's talk about that job for a second here, Rich. By the way, the Steelers already have two linebacker coaches uh, that remain, so that's three linebacker coaches. Um, I don't know exactly what his role is going to be in the Steeler organization. You know him well from your days with the Patriots. He spent 11 years in that organization in a variety of positions, or uh, taking the head coaching job of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so let's just start right there. Why do you think the Steelers hired him? It wasn't like they had a need for a coach, but obviously they wanted Brian Flores to be there if he was available and he took the job. Yeah, I, I think this was a brilliant acquisition by Mike Tomlin. Uh, it was uh, excellent um, show of of inclusion here by the Rooney family and ownership because like when you think about when you think about what's happening in the NFL regarding this lawsuit I I know when you and I initially spoke about this we figured Brian Flores just sacrificed his career in the NFL maybe forever you know this felt like one of those moments where a guy had put his entire career on the line and and did honestly he did even though he signed uh, he did put his career on the line to 
make this impactful statement and legal claim about what's happened to him uh, in his eyes. Uh, we'll see what the legal system does with that now. It's 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 though the reason going back to the reason why the Steelers uh, acquired him from from the head coaching standpoint, from Mike Tomlin's standpoint, it's because it makes the whole team smarter. It's a brain trust. Remember, like how many how many voices can you have in the room to help solve a problem? When you see those those uh, gosh those uh, space shuttle movies like Apollo thirteen, where there's that those four or three or four astronauts in the can. But there's hundreds of people in that big room with the headsets on guiding the mission. That's what a football team is like. You have all these people surrounding, you know, these these players to to get it as right as they possibly can. And to add a, a brilliant voice, a great coach like Brian Flores to that fray, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'll give you an example of when it happened during my own career. My final season with the New England Patriots, Josh McDaniels and the staff was uh, was canned down there in St. Louis while the Rams were still there. And he was looking for a job, and he was hired on to the Patriots staff as like an offensive quality co- control coach. But he was involved in the game planning. He was helping shape what the team did offensively that season. And then when Billy O'Brien left New England as the offensive coordinator to become the head coach of the, the Penn State football team, all of a sudden it was Josh McDaniel's job again. So th- those are the sort of things that, that can be down the pike, but overall it just boosts the IQ of the whole football staff. All right, let me give you my cynical viewpoint on this entire deal with Brian Flores ending up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. A, the Steelers are doing the NFL a huge favor. They did Mm. not want a repeat of the Colin Kaepernick situation where he essentially was blackballed from the league. They did not want a situation because, as we had all mentioned, Brian Flores is basically cutting his own throat in terms of being employed by a league when he has filed a class action lawsuit against the league. The Steelers have always been the favorite son of the National Football League. I think that there are Steeler fans that would even recognize that somehow, some way, they have fallen in favor in terms of adhering to, and this is really the connection of the Rooney family, the entire Rooney family, to the National Football League. So think about what they just did. They hire Brian Flores less than three weeks after he files the class action lawsuit, which is very much still on the table. But the idea that he is unhirable, that went out the window. And by him being employed by the Steelers this year, it very much puts him in the mix next year for any of the head coaching vacancies. So the NFL, they're a master at diffusing volatile situations. This is a tough one because even when you listen to the words of Roger Goodell, all he could say was, we need to do better. I mean, he wasn't trying to defend. You remember, initially, the owners had some statement where they dismissed it as a non-problem, but he reiterated, oh, no, no, we have to do better. And one way to do better is to use Brian Flores as an example that even though he's filed a lawsuit against us, he's very much employable, he's very valued in this league, he is an outstanding coach, and he deserves to be employed. So, I look, the Steelers are getting a good coach. They're, they're going to be helped by having Brian Flores on the staff. But this this uh, and this begins the process of healing a bad situation because I think ultimately this is going to be decided in arbitration uh, for the NFL from a PR standpoint. Brian Flores, he'll never have another NFL job. Well, guess what? Less than three weeks later, he's employed by the NFL. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, and I mean, you you could be right. Again, I, I'm not beyond the cynical take or speculation there either, but but there's no question about it. The Steelers got better the day they hired uh, Brian Flores. That that defense got smarter. They're a better team for his presence there. All right, we got an all-star weekend in the NBA. What is the future of LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers? An update coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, rolling along on this Sunday here on Fox Sports Sunday, Hartman and Ornberger with you. Of course, Rich, uh, inundated with phone calls from all over the world right now. It's hard to keep your focus when you are the number one topic of conversation, as Rich is uh, if you've opened up social media, you see his name splashed everywhere. Uh, so I want to give you a little relief from that, Rich. I mean, because sure. I know that you're in big demand right now uh, due to comments you made that have sparked uh, criticism from the likes of a Bruce Arians. Move to the NBA for a moment. Today is the NBA All-Star Game. By the way, we do that uh, Vegas line, consensus Vegas line for our NFL picks. Did you you know what the over-under consensus line is for the NBA All-Star Game? You ready I mean, for this? It's got to be upwards of 250, How about 260. This? How about this? Go ahead. You ready? Yeah. 322. <laughs> I am not kidding you. You can look it up right now. Vegas Insider, 322. That's 161 to 161. That would be 322. That is the over-under on the All-Star game, which, of wow. course, points out what a farce the actual game itself. It's become a Globetrotters game, you know, just uh, alley-oops. And uh, much like we saw the touch football game recently that paraded as the NFL Pro Bowl, uh, that's where we are with the NBA All-Star game. So the game itself, and by the way, last night, I don't know if you saw any of the, you know, skills competition, which I don't even know what they were doing. They had Team Antetokounmpo out there, so they divided that up. Three-point shooting was decent. How about uh, Mr. Towns, the big man, oh, knocking yeah. him down the threes. Big cat. Uh, big cat. Uh, first big man to win that competition since Kevin Love back in the day. But they got to end the slam dunk competition. I mean, it was a disaster. I mean, it with was. all due respect to Obi Toppin, who ends up winning, he had a couple of decent – uh, I mean, even even the commentators are like, okay, this. That was the best part of it, you know, hearing uh, Dwayne Wade and yeah. Reggie Miller and all these guys who are just clowning on I the mean, slam dunk contest. It was it was great. It was a great comic relief to something that, for whatever for whatever reason, the NBA still takes seriously. And and don't get me wrong, like the participants should take it somewhat seriously because you could get injured slam dunking a basketball. Yeah. So you are taking some sort of risk participating. But I mean, yeah, I mean this thing has completely jumped the shark. It's ran its course. It's time to make a change. Yeah, I, and I don't know what the changes are. I mean, these all-star games, uh, hockey really was the first. I don't know if you ever followed the they, they have, like, multiple games. They don't even have a game. They haven't had a game game uh, in years and years and years. So these all-star breaks are – and by the way, when, why is the NBA all-star break – the, the Lakers have played 58 games. They only have 24 games left. Right. Is it so late for the all-star break? <laughs> I mean, they were, 
<laughs> season's almost over. Yeah, and they got an all star game. Yeah, everything seems strange. The bit, the big story, obviously, always sur- uh, surrounds LeBron James. And even if the Lakers themselves are fairly irrelevant right now with a record of what twenty seven and thirty one, LeBron is always the main topic. Anyone that says otherwise is in denial. I mean, when LeBron talks, people listen. And he's been doing a lot of talking about his future. We talked earlier about his desire to be on the court with his son, uh, Bronny, at some point. Uh, The fact that he doesn't dismiss the idea that he might return to Cleveland. And a lot of people are upset right now with what has happened to the Lakers. And they're blaming LeBron. I want to do a little history lesson very quickly here about life before LeBron with the Lakers, life with LeBron with the Lakers. So in the five seasons leading up to LeBron joining the Lakers, not only did the Lakers have five losing seasons, they had the worst record in the NBA over those five seasons. Think about that. This Mm. is a team that's won 17 NBA championships, and they had a five-year run in which they had the worst record in the entire league over a five-year period. LeBron joins the Lakers, and two years later, they win an NBA championship. And I remember doing a commentary on L.A. TV when he arrived in L.A., and I made it clear, if LeBron does not deliver a championship, at least one championship, he gets an F because the Lakers are geared by winning championships. Well, guess what? He did deliver a championship, and he was the finals MVP. Now, there was a trade-off. He wanted Anthony Davis. We knew that Anthony Davis, as great as he is, could be fragile. He was fragile in New Orleans, and obviously he's been equally fragile. Then he goes out and decides, I want Russell Westbrook. And they bring in Russell Westbrook. So they've sacrificed the future for the now. But I've asked this about several teams. If you're a fan of a team like the Lakers, desperate to win another championship, right? Do you push it all in and just you, say, right now is the time? You say, if I had said before, that when they got LeBron, If I'm going to tell you this, he will win a championship, and then that will be followed up by five or six terrible years. (laughs) Would you sign that deal? I guarantee you 100% of Laker fans would have signed that deal. Anybody, a coach would sign that deal. The fans would sign that deal. The front office would sign that deal. Anybody who cares about the team would sign that deal because that's the ultimate goal. I mean, if you're not – if you're not trying to win it all, then what's the point, right? You know, you, you got to go for it. And and that's what – and I no shame on LeBron James for trying. Or the Lakers, for that matter. Because LeBron, we, we always, like, describe him as this great puppet master. And he is. There's no question that he is intelligent enough to handle his on-court responsibilities while keeping tabs on available free agents or trade targets that can help the team. There's no doubt about that. We understand that to be the case. However, there is there is a brain trust with LeBron James. There is a group of people behind the scenes who he consults with. There's the front office with the Lakers, who I'm sure he runs things by as well. And they have their people out there who've got feelers, and they have an expansive scouting department, and they have all the tools to make good decisions. Some of those decisions aren't great. Some of them don't pan out. 100% of decisions can't. That's not that's not life. That's not reality. So I don't give him a lot of I don't discredit the interest in trying to make the team as as solid as he possibly can. For example, a lot of people at the time 
the Lakers signed Russell Westbrook, we're like, oh, this is a bad fit. This isn't going to work. You may have been one of those, Steve, I can't remember, who didn't love the signing. I said, well, let's just see. Let it bake. You know, put this thing in the oven. Let's see if these ingredients can come together and make the cake. And and the truth is, like you mentioned, the Lakers aren't irrelevant. They're not completely out of it, especially with a playing tournament. Let's see what this looks like as this season comes down the home stretch. Uh, the idea that if LeBron leaves, let's say LeBron and the Lakers part ways and he goes to Cleveland or whatever, and there'll be people like, oh, man, LeBron really screwed over the Lakers. No, he didn't. He won a championship. He joined an organization that was in a free fall. The record the Lakers had in Kobe's final season was 17-65. and 65. Four years later, they won an NBA championship because of LeBron James. Because LeBron James was able to work a deal to get Anthony Davis in a Lakers uniform. That was because of LeBron. I'm not some apologist for LeBron. I'm just stating fact. He came to L.A. with the Lakers in a free fall, and he won a championship. Oh, there's an asterisk. There's no asterisk. It's in the books. They won a championship. Now, are they going to pay the price at the other end? Okay, well, then I'll tell you what. When LeBron leaves and you can regain control of your franchise, what's your next move? Right. I mean, you you were in a free fall post-Kobe, and you figured out a way to convince LeBron to get into a Laker uniform. Great. It worked. You won a championship. When he leaves, you're the Lakers. Figure it out. The Lakers' history is amazing. You know, I've always said this. There were three main Lakers. I mean, true Lakers. Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant. They were the cornerstones of championship teams because they were Lakers for life. But what did they do? They got Wilt Chamberlain. They got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They got Shaquille O'Neal. Mm. They got Pau Gasol. They brought in pieces from other places to finish the puzzle of putting together a championship game. So if you're the Lakers right now, you went out, you went all in on LeBron, and he delivered a championship for yeah. you. Now you and- just got to figure out what's going to be the next move post-LeBron. And you know what's amazing is the same exact thing is happening down the road with the Rams. You know, you heard Les Snead. You heard the sound clip when he was on the stage a couple cocktails deep after uh, the parade celebrating Super Bowl 56, the championship that he helped put together by acquiring trade value targets, uh, uh, shifting away first-round draft picks to do so, and it netted them a a Super Bowl championship. They're in that that situation where they got to figure out what's next. They've got some room with the cap to deal with, but not a lot. And and the Lakers have to figure it out too. But again, if you've won a championship within the past two years and you're a fan of that team or you're in the front office, you're feeling a lot better about your recent decision-making than teams who have been trying for decades, you know, and, and, and have failed or have come close. You know, think about the Green Bay Packers. Think about how close the Green Bay Packers have come so many times in a row and have not been able to push it over the top. I mean, who knows? You never know. Maybe pushing all your chips in and making that trade for the splashy target midseason is just the one last missing piece that can put you over the edge. We'll see what happens next for the Lakers. All I know is as long as LeBron's there, I'm interested to see what happens with the Lakers because LeBron is still the NBA. Speaking of the NBA, is it must-watch? Where do we stand right now with the NBA as LeBron's career winds down? 
Are the new stars everything they were hoping this league would have? Do they get eyeballs? Is there interest in the NBA? We'll give you an update coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from RYOBI. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the RYOBI 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the RYOBI leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with RYOBI's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day Savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Steve Harmon, Rich Orenberger. This is Fox Sports Sunday. NBA All-Star Game today. And best players in the league will be on the court, even if the game is a farce. But... You know, this is a league that made a major change in direction with the arrival of Michael Jordan. Now, we can argue about who's the GOAT in terms of greatest player of all time, um, and I, I tend to lean to LeBron James, but even I will concede the most important player in the history of the NBA, without question, was Michael Jordan. Uh, he was what Tiger Woods was to golf. He was with very few athletes can ever do, where they moved the needle to such a degree that you'll never see his likes again. And that was Michael Jordan in his heyday with the Bulls. But what happened with him, and of course, remember, he comes on the heels of the arrival of Magic and Bird, is that even with Magic and Bird, it was still Lakers-Celtics. Michael Jordan changed the direction of the NBA where it was less about the team and more about the individual. And then you had the likes of a Kobe Bryant and the likes of a LeBron James. But right now, I'm looking at this league, and they seem to be at a crossroads in search of. To me, the still the two most visible, marketable names in the NBA. Top two, 
are LeBron James and Steph Curry. They are still, to me, the one, the two guys that moved the needle. They were matched up four straight years in the NBA Finals, and the ratings proved that that was a matchup people wanted to see. Now, it doesn't mean that the best players. I mean, you can talk about a, a Kevin Durant. You can talk about a lot of players right now. But when you look at, Rich, the Giannis's of the world, the Doncic's of the world, you look at some of these young stars around the NBA, I don't know about you, and maybe just a, an old-timer's perspective, but they don't seem to be grabbing fans outside of the NBA universe. That's the point. A guy like LeBron, a guy like Curry, they have fans beyond those that are just hardcore NBA fans. And this is a league, as I said, changed direction when they had Michael Jordan put into the spotlight where they are dependent because if you've only got fans of the NBA, you need more than that to expand, especially on a global basis. Right. And I'm just wondering, is there that player in the league now? Are they in search of they can take the baton from a LeBron or a Steph Curry and get that kind of outside of the NBA bubble reaction? I, I don't think the NBA has yet had their their first social media star yet. Uh, the NBA is globally the most popular social media sport in the world. It, it, oddly enough, and this is from an article that was drawn up in November of 2021, the other league uh, that comes in second place is WWE, if you want to consider it a sports league, uh, certainly sports entertainment affiliate, uh, La Liga, which is uh, European soccer, EPL, you know, and then it goes down from there. But the UFC's way up there. The NFL is way up there in the top five or top six. Um, the reason why the NBA, though, has this many followers is because they've spread their game to China. They've spread their game to Europe. Obviously, they've always had a stronghold in Europe and now Africa as well. And they've been very smart about getting uh, this game into the hands of people who have cell phones. But they haven't yet had that crossover social media star. And what I mean by that is, think about UFC. Who brought the UFC to relevance more than any other human being who's ever walked this planet? Conor McGregor. Why did it happen? It wasn't because he was a talented UFC fighter. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm probably going to butcher his last name. Um, Nurmagomedov. Right. He, he's arguably a better fighter. Oh, no question. I, no question a better fighter. But Conor McGregor was a star. An irrefutable star, and he crossed over, he transcended, he became what every league is searching for for their game. And the NFL has a bunch of those players right now. It's not cutting through globally as quite quite as much as uh, the, the NBA is because they haven't made as many inroads internationally, even though games are played, obviously, in London every year. And they're going to be playing games now in Germany again. They're going to be playing games in Mexico City like they've done before. But they don't have as big of an imprint as the NBA. So let's just say this. The infrastructure is in place for the NBA. They just need to find that that internet social media star. For example, if Dennis Rodman played in this time as opposed to prior to social media, all of a sudden this league would be exploding. They just haven't tapped that player yet. Well, and that's the big question. Who is that going to be? Um, 
and, and and again, this is the problem golf has had post, you know, Tiger. And that's why they got all excited when Tiger made his miraculous comeback, won a green jacket, and everyone's like, oh, he's back. And, back. and then, you know, unfortunately, after the car accident, he was gone again. But this has been the problem for the NBA ever since they won all in on Michael Jordan. And even LeBron, as big as LeBron is, is not as big as Michael Jordan was in terms of marketability. I mean, you know, Michael became a billionaire uh, on his name alone. And and that's tough. And and again, that's where the NBA is. It's not about marketing teams. That is long gone. It's all about the individual. So while you can make an argument that Giannis and Luka and Joel Embiid and all these great players are every bit as good as their predecessors in terms of playing the game of basketball, that's not going to move the needle. And the NBA is desperately in search of that guy. Because, again, I mean, I was listening to our buddy Colin Coward saying, well, everything works through uh, Phoenix right now. Well, okay, I guess because they have a good record. But, I mean, Devin Booker doesn't move the needle. I'm sorry. I mean, as great a player as he is, he's not moving the needle. Um, But, you know, Steph Curry still does. And obviously LeBron still does. And that's right. that's where that's where the NBA is. So it's 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 not a, a critical situation in terms like, wow, the NBA is going nowhere. It's just that they gotta find it. And who knows? Maybe that next star is on the horizon. Uh, but it's tough because once Michael Jordan came upon the NBA, that set the bar at such a high level that realistically, I mean, when you look at the NBA finals. And none of those NBA Finals won seven games that he won, by the way. The ratings are just ridiculous. And I know there's a different way to measure ratings now with streaming and everything else. But as far as eyeballs and just taking the step back, the eyeball test, as far (laughs) as people talking about the NBA, if you weren't there in the 1990s when Jordan was at his peak of power, we're not there, not even close now to where we were back then. Yeah, it did feel like Jordan had this um look, he he just had this stranglehold on all of sports. Yes. And and I don't know, look, we're getting to a point where if you're going to steal the show, like completely own the scene that way, you're going to have to be excellent in so many different avenues. You're going to have to be an amazing promoter. You're going to have to be a tireless self-promoter on social media. You're going to have to have a team of people working to keep your engagement numbers up. Aside from going out on the court or the field of play or the octagon or wherever your sport is and play at the highest possible level and be considered one of the greatest to ever do it, for anybody to ever touch that level of fame again, I mean, Jordan was a skyscraper amongst other buildings. He just stuck out whereas and, and really carried the NBA into relevancy. Prior to Jordan, the league, I mean, I'm not saying it was scraping bottom, but it wasn't what it is now. It wasn't even close to being as competitive. It wasn't even close to being the draw. They weren't getting the audience size. They weren't getting the viewership numbers. They weren't getting network contracts like they get now. This game has been built on the hard work and the the marketing brilliance of Michael Jordan and then oh by the way him being arguably the greatest of all time you and I will make the argument for LeBron James many will still say it's Jordan who's the goat doesn't really matter I don't argue with this point Michael Jordan the the fame and the heights he soared to I don't know if it'll ever be mimicked again in all of sport 
Again, you can make that argument about who's the best, but who had the greatest impact? It's not even close. It was Michael Jordan uh, by leaps and bounds. All right, uh, on the other side, speaking of impact, we'll talk about the impact that the Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl win has had on their home city. But first, let's check in once again with... The most popular. He's almost Jordan-esque what he did today. <laughs> and that would be David Gascon. Rarefied air. Now, sure. does that mean, much like against Byron Russell, I, I had my wallet out and just hung it up in the air? <laughs> yes. As I made that transaction? A little crossover, <laughs> a little push. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with the bottom that. of the net. <laughs> exactly. Was it, was it good for you? Yeah. <laughs> You know, when when Jordan was playing for the Bulls, I rooted against them every time. Yeah. I mean, I I was not I was not a Bulls fan. I was not a Jordan fan. I rooted against him, and then I would just shake my head. I'm going, that guy, just forget it. I think the problem with the NBA, though, is that, I mean, although it has plenty of personality, I don't think it has a lot of charisma. It doesn't. And I, the, First of all, the nature of the game right now with everyone yeah. camped out at the three-point line, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, you know, Michael Jordan one year led the NBA in scoring, and he shot 13% threes. Yeah. Did anybody comment on the fact that he was shooting 13% yeah. on three-point shots? No. I mean, but I, the the brand was was excellent at the time, but yeah. also think that it came from it came from Magic and Larry. Yep. yep. It came from the Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when you get in the 90s, you not only had Jordan and Scotty, but you had Malone and Stockton. Barkley was in Phoenix. Yeah. Um. You know, the Admirals in San Antonio. You're you're bringing up a good point. I think what it is, is it was, it felt more real. It didn't felt so polished. It felt grittier and it felt, I I don't know, the NBA right now, regular season games, we're teasing about the the point total in in this uh, this All-Star game. Yeah. But regular season games feel a little bit like all-star games well, sometimes. Yeah. The way they don't play defense as much anymore. And you know, for as for as popular as you say it is internationally, I mean television ratings aren't aren't the greatest. And I understand that you can consume media through well, various applications. I was saying social media popularity globally. I, I don't know about viewership ratings. I didn't look at that. Yeah, I, I've given up on TV ratings. I well, don't know. Okay, I don't read but them you anymore. can give up on it, but the National <laughs> really Football don't. League does not give up well, on it. Well, no, and they, but they go by total audience. Yeah. I mean, the highest ratings for a Super Bowl is still Super Bowl 16. Well, I know. You but, want to go by a rating. But you could go through the top 50 programs right. in the United States every year, and it's always the National Football League and college football. Well, I mean, the recent Pro Bowl, that touch football game that Rich and I sat through, <laughs> horrified, oh. uh, got as many viewers <laughs> as one of the NBA Finals games. Yeah. I mean, just remember that. What was it, 6.8 million? I think one of the NBA Finals games checked in at about the I'll, same number. I'll, I'll read this to you. The NBA's current TV broadcast contract expires 2024, but the association is already preparing to sign their next deal to start 2025. Their current broadcasting contract Started back in 2016, and it's worth 24 billion dollars. That's the metric you need to concentrate yeah, on. But, I mean, but that's also coming from international influences, right? That, like it's well, coming from China. Yeah, I mean, from China, from Africa, from from Europe, from the United States, obviously. I think Canada. It's China has got to be the most, though. Like, oh, like it is. I mean, the else. NBA is all over China. We, I don't want to get into the political ramifications, but the fact is, is that they depend a great deal on the finances from China. China, the level which, they are right now, which is funny because the NFL is trying to get overseas. Yeah, but they don't even need it. Like no, they, don't they don't need the UK. They don't need Germany. They no. don't need some of these other European countries. 
But here in the United States, it is top dog. We talk football around the clock on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, I know. I, it doesn't matter if it's the offseason or not, but the offseason is just as dramatic sometimes as the regular season. So, I mean, you guys are talking about Tom Brady today. I mean, there's great conversation with that. I mean, you don't get that in the NBA. I just I don't think it'll ever get to what it was in the nineties. No, and that's no, not to no. say that the talent isn't good. No, I but, mean there's insanely talented players yeah. in this league right now. I mean up and down I mean, look at Charlotte. <laughs> like Lamella Ball, it, it should have been an all star anyway, but I mean the fact that he has them on the map says a lot, and especially in a market like that. It's not a, a top tiered market. By the way, you, you mentioned the nineties. You gonna forget about Sean Kemp and the Globe, no, Gary Sons. Payton back no, in I the mean, day. Yeah, you could go through all the great <laughs> pairs in the NBA Jam. Miller casting off there. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Ewing. Patrick oh, Ewing. Ewing uh, I grew up watching a lot of Patrick Ewing. Larry Johnson Ewing. when he was a Hornet. Yeah. Oh, yes, Grandmama. Detlef Shrimp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I had shrimp. a Detlef Shrimp picture in my basement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you really? <laughs> I, yeah, I've had one of those, you know, like full-size posters. That guy was a giant. Oh, man. I just remember the Jeff Hornacek days when the uh, it was separated birth with Katie Lang. Remember that? A lot of people <laughs> said that the uh, singer Katie Lang and Jeff Hornacek. <laughs> Uh, separated at birth. Glory days. Guys, uh, college basketball, 14th rate Houston's tied with Wichita State. Providence is down by 13 to Butler. They're eighth in the nation. It's on FS1 right now. Michigan, uh, he was, Michigan was tied with Wisconsin at the break, and now they're trailing 56 to 41. It's the same Michigan team that won on the road at Iowa the other day. So guys, just want to point that out. China. You know, with, mm. you know the Iowa mm. 2500 Iowa. never existed. China. Iowa. No, so, no. Um, Daytona 500. You guys have any? Did uh, exist. You guys have any uh, <laughs> predictions? Who's going to win this thing? I'm going to go Kyle Larson from the pole. Oh, I take a chalk. You can't take chalk. Why not? Uh, it's too easy to go chalk. All right, well, then I go Joey Logano. Okay, we can do that. Uh, Rich? I mean, Joey Logano. Oh, he went out at the Coliseum, so I'm going to go. He's hot right now. Right. I've got a uh, Jackie Stimpleton. Jackie Stimbleton. How about Cole Trickle? <laughs> sure, yeah, Cole Trickle. <laughs> Rowdy Burns, anybody? Uh, yeah. I Who? got Randy Myerston. <laughs> you ain't first, you're last. Oh, boy. I'm going Kale Yarbrough. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go old school on you. Back to you guys. All right, thank you very much. I'm checking here to Kale. Kale's still around, by the way. 82 years old. Kale Yarbrough. Do you know the name, Rich? Kale oh. Yarbrough? Of course. Yeah, well, you check him out. That is a NASCAR legend out there. All right, um, the Rams. The Rams won the Super Bowl. Now, normally, if you're listening from a city that has had a Super Bowl champion, right, you know for weeks, months on end, after winning that Super Bowl, everybody's decked out in the gear, right? Because everybody wants to be associated with a winner. Uh, You experienced it. Well, actually, you lost in New England. But, uh, But you know how it is. Um, if, if your team wins, then you're, you're proudly parading around in the uniform, the gear, whatever saying, Hey, my team's a winner. That makes me a winner. This is commonplace around America. Well, here we are exactly one week to the day, one week to the day that the Los Angeles Rams won the Super Bowl. Now I'm in Los Angeles and I've been here all weekend long. Been here since actually Thursday. I actually came up early. I went to the UCLA basketball game on Thursday. So I've been here since Thursday. And I've been out in the freeways and I've been around different parts of L.A. And, Rich, let me tell you something. I don't see any Rams gear. I know they had a parade. 
hmm. that we talked about. And, you know, there was there was a bit of a contrast in uh, the reporting on how many people actually attended the parade. Some of the aerial shots seemed to be a little sparse as far as fans in the streets. But then they had that big crowd right in front of the stage, right? It was a, sort of like that fisheye lens that made it look five times bigger than maybe the reality was. Yeah, it looked like Woodstock. Yeah, I mean, it was just packed with all those people out there. But the tour test is, what's the buzz around the city? I mean, this is a city of champions. You have the Lakers. You have the Dodgers. I saw with the L.A. Kings, which obviously in L.A. is a niche sport. I mean, they're diehard hockey fans in L.A., Kings fans for a long time. I was there when they had their first parade when they won the Cup in 2012 the first time, and it was pretty intense. I mean, you saw Kings gear for at least the next few weeks even for those that weren't hockey fans because the Kings have won a championship. At least where I'm going, I don't see any of that right now. Guys, I mean, uh, any anybody seeing any Rams gear on the streets right now? The one week to the day that the Rams won the championship, are the streets of L.A. flooded with people wearing Rams gear? Or how about Rams flags flying from their car? I, I will say this, Steve. Yeah. I was behind a guy in traffic, and he had, not only was he driving a Dodge Ram, yeah, but he had uh, what is it the 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 tailgate hitch that was covered with the Ram logo. Okay, there's there. Okay, are, and then there he had a Ram sticker on the back of his truck. This okay. guy's big Rams, but it okay. looked like St. Louis you, colors. You realize the, in the metropolitan area of L.A., there's like 20 million yes, people. I so but I did see one. that one super so fan. One guy. <laughs> Can I tell one you guy. what I th- I think it was just I think it was just planned to like they should have done it this weekend. I think they would have had a much bigger turnout if it was yesterday. Well, you know what? They've had these parades during the week. Right. They never had a problem getting fans yeah. out there. Uh, but the Rams are still trying to. Uh, how about you, Ryan? Have you seen uh, Rams gear decked out all over your neighborhood? Not too much. I was in Thousand Oaks last night, which is where the Rams practice, and the uh, the Thousand Oaks Civic Arts Plaza does have a have a Rams. All right, so they there. have something yes. because uh, how about Gascon? He's Gascon era, Mike. Uh, yeah, David, I, you're a man about town. Have you been uh, <laughs> running into uh, all the hoopla about the Rams winning a Super Bowl here in Los Angeles? No, I think it's been pretty tempered across the board, though. Outside of maybe Dodgers apparel, I don't mm-hmm. see much of anything. Lakers, Trojans, Bruins. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see anything. Hell, the Lakers not playing well right I don't, now. Hell, I don't even know any Rams fans here. <laughs> what about John Ramos? Well, John Ramos, Ramos is kind of like fan. doesn't count. Oh, Bershinger wow. just jumped on the bandwagon. Bo Benson just jumped on the bandwagon. Well, I was talking to Mike Harmon a little bit earlier who was at the game. Yeah. And he said, look, it was the place was overrun by Bengals fans. The, the amount of Bengals fans versus Rams fans at that game were 10 to 1. Bengals fans who had made the trip out. So I, I I guess the question here, Rich, is does it matter? I mean, you've got yes. a team making money hand over fist, even with the five billion dollars that Stan Kroenke forked out for that stadium. Um, so does it matter that even with winning a Super Bowl, the reaction of the city of Los Angeles is at best tempered? Listen, there's no doubting that. And this isn't necessarily uh, a premonition or a prediction, but I, I would say it's, it's the closest thing you can get to a guarantee as anything. What do the Rams, or excuse me, what do the other sports franchises have that you just mentioned that the Rams don't have in L.A.? Aside from fans right now. History. Okay, the Dodgers moved from Brooklyn to L.A. in 1958. The Lakers moved from Minnesota to L.A. in 1960. The Kings have been in Los Angeles 
since 1967. They're institutions. Yeah, of course the Kings have fans. Even though you don't see Kings jerseys on the street every single day that you exist, they're out there. They're people who care because there's a generational indoctrination passed down from grandpa to father to son, then to new children birthed of that generation. That's how this works. Sports fandom is passed down. It's a birthright. It's something uh, that people do together. Uh, It's a coming-of-age thing. I I took my son. Actually, you were at, Steve, my son's first-ever basketball game at Viejas Arena in San Diego watching San Diego State take on Nevada. I've never seen a three-year-old, as Ty was at the time, more enamored with a cheerleading squad than your son was. (laughs) I've never seen a three-year-old that literally froze – from you know, gobbling up popcorn, candy, whatever a three-year-old does, when that cheerleading squad was on the court, it, I've never I seen mean, anything like it. From a three-year-old, this, this is how it works. You have those formative experiences with yeah. whichever team your father brings you to. I mean, you had this with your dad. Yeah. I had it with my dad. Yes, it's impossible to deny. That's the difference between the Kings, the the Dodgers, the Lakers together. When you're talking about the Rams, the Rams have just started their journey. They have zero history in this city. Yeah, I know they were here. They were here, 25 they were here years from ago. 1946 to 1979, I, I and should, then in Orange County from 1980 <laughs> to 1994. I know. There was a Los Angeles Rams from 1946 to 1994. I should say, I, I, I retract and say zero recent history. Right. And and that's the fact. You you Because skipped... I grew up a Los Angeles Rams fan and, and, back in the Roman Gabriel days. Of course. And, the and it's for, because you're dad. Foursome. Yes. And it's because you're grandpa. And it's because. My dad took me to my first Rams game yep. uh, at the Coliseum when I was 12 years old. I'm telling you right now, there there's no grandpa. Yeah. Actually, I shouldn't say that, but there's no father, certainly, who can remember taking his kid to a Rams game. You know, outside of the 80-year-old bracket. There, it's, so you don't have any recent history in this city, so it's going to take a while to cobble that support. But trust me, if the Rams stay relevant, if the Rams stay successful, say Sean McVay has a tenure that looks even a little bit like Bill Belichick's tenure in New England, which he's on track to accomplish potentially, right? We're still early, but he's been a winner since he signed. This Rams team can build a generation, a young generation of fans who are going to grow up, have kids, potentially stay in L.A., or even move abroad and come back home to root for the Rams. That's what it takes to build a fan base. All right. On the other side, the team from the Fox. Thank you very much. Were you reaching for your burrito or what happened there? Yes. One of these days going to get to that burrito. All right. Uh, Oh, you did eat it. I didn't even see you eat your burrito. All right. uh, On the other side, the team that lost to the Rams. A lot of people are saying, all right, tough loss to the Bengals. They'll be back. Joe Burrow, he'll be played at a lot of Super Bowls over the course of his career. Willie, Uh, we'll give you the reality check for the Cincinnati Bengals coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from RYOBI. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the RYOBI 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the RYOBI leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with RYOBI's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Steve Harvin, Rich Hornberger. This is Fox Sports Sunday. The Cincinnati Bengals came ever so close of winning their first ever Super Bowl, but with a... Superstar young quarterback like Joe Burrow, they'll have plenty of opportunity. They'll be back. They'll be back. Wait. Maybe they won't be. Hmm. I mean, when you look at their path to the Super Bowl and near Super Bowl victory, it really was everything that had to happen happened in order for them to get there. Whether it was the breakdown of teams within their own division, Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, And then their path through the playoffs. I mean, the Tennessee Titans had the ball in a tie game, ready to go down for a winning drive, and Tannehill throws an interception. Doesn't that feel like two years ago now? It does. (laughs) And and, and think about this. The Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes has a first and goal at the five-yard line down three. The Bengals have no timeouts left. You figure Kansas City going to milk the clock, get in the end zone, walk away with a victory. Instead, for whatever reason, Mahomes froze, and they ended up tying the game, and the Bengals get the victory. So many things had to happen for the Bengals to get as close to winning a Super Bowl as they did. So what's your guess? Are we going to see the Bengals back better than ever because of their playoff run in 2022? Or is it circumstances beyond their control that's going to put the Bengals sort of back in the spot they really belong right now. Boy, you know, I think because for 20 years the Patriots made it look so easy. It's not, but they made it look so easy, like repeat success. 
we've gotten into this habit of thinking like, well, any team that wins a Super Bowl or gets to a Super Bowl, certainly they've got the tools to get back there. I mean, even the Chiefs, I'll throw into that category, just the number of AFC championship games they've been to since Patrick Mahomes has taken over. You need to have an electric playmaking quarterback. You need to have a defense that at very least is suitable or up for the challenge in big games, big moments. The Chiefs have really struggled in that situation, but they are so electrifying on offense. They've made up for a lot of that. But their defense still makes plays and timely plays at that down the stretch of this regular season, specifically into the postseason at times. But it it takes superb talent. It takes a lot of luck. It takes durability, especially durability of your superstars. So to say with any sort of certainty that Joe Burrow and the Bengals would be back to the Super Bowl, if anybody's telling you that, they're either taking their best guess or they're just lying to you because there is no certainty in the NFL. Yeah, there's Nobody knows what's gonna, what next year holds. I mean, you could take your best guess, but... For to say with any sort of definitive assessment that that the Bengals are going to be back, I would be ludicrous. It's difficult to get there. They would tell you that. Joe Burrow would tell you that, and he's only done this for two years. Yeah, I my guess is, and by the way, remember this: when the Patriots won their first Super Bowl, they took a step back the second year. That's true. And then they come back the following year and begin that process of winning back-to-back Super Bowls. I would, I would right now put my money on it's far more likely that the Bengals miss the playoffs this year, next year than even winning a playoff game. But that doesn't mean they're done. It just means now they got to put the pieces together, starting with that offensive line. Otherwise, they're going to get their young quarterback killed, uh, and that's a problem. Speaking of problems, Major League Baseball. This is a huge week. We're going to tell you why if you're a baseball fan, be optimistic. Coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, we just had a melee of sorts at the end of the Wisconsin-Michigan basketball game. So the game was over. Wisconsin won this game 77-63. And the Wisconsin coach, Sam, I'm I'm missing here, the Wisconsin uh, basketball coach? Greg Gard. Greg Gard. Greg Gard went over, shaking hands. You know, they do the whole shaking the hands of the assistants, and he gets to Jawan Howard, the head coach. He says something, and Howard, basically, they start arguing. Uh Uh-oh. And then all of a sudden pushing and shoving, and then – both benches gathered, and Howard then swung and struck one of the Wisconsin assistants, I would imagine, in the head. And it was a free-for-all. I mean, players and coaches, the game was over. Because I was wow. watching, I'm like, what the hell's going on up there? And they replayed it, and it all started when guard, the coach of Wisconsin started shaking the hand of Juwan Howard, the Michigan coach, and something was said that Howard didn't like, and all hell broke loose. But the fact that he just swung and hit, it was not like a punch to the face, but he definitely slapped the head of one of the, uh, I believe, Wisconsin assistant coaches. Uh, that's not going to go over well, I guarantee you, with the Big Ten. So we'll, 
try to follow up on that story. We're just watching this seconds ago, and it was <laughs> oh like, God. I'm like, isn't this game over? And what happened? Did we we got a melee on the court? Um, so uh, we'll try to get an update on that. But, uh, yeah, Juwan Howard, something happened there uh, in light of Wisconsin's 14-point victory over Michigan today. All right, well, I'm hoping – that cooler heads are going to prevail this week as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. Now, Rich, Agreed. normally we have a, a smooth transition from the Super Bowl to spring training. Pitchers and catchers, and we start the process, uh, uh, all too long spring training, by the way, to get ready for opening day, which is set for March 31st. Here's where we are with the owner's uh, lockout of the players right now. The deadline right now seems to be February 28th, which would be a week from Monday, in order to get a collective bargaining agreement in place so that we don't get a delay in the start of Major League Baseball season. So here is the – if you're really not following the story on, like, what's, what is going on here, let me make this as simple as possible. The owners want a hard cap. They want a hard salary cap. They have a soft cap right now. And the way this works in Major League Baseball is that if you go over this soft cap for an extended period of time, you're penalized by losing draft picks. Really what their end game here is, is they're trying to create a hard cap under the guise that if you have a hard cap, it promotes competitive uh, competitiveness, right? An equal playing field if you establish a hard cap. Correct. But the reality is, is that's not the case. All it does is ultimately suppress salaries. That's right. Which is the end game for the owners. Which I don't blame them for because if you're a business, your job, I shouldn't even describe it that way because a business is an entity. It's not a person. You know, it's something that people create. Like the, but a business exists to be profitable. And so how can you be more profitable if you're baseball? You have two ways when you really boil it down and distill it to its roots, either make more money or spend less money. And so in order to be more profitable, baseball's trying to spend less money on the product. The product is the players and their salaries. Yeah, and so where they are divided right now, by the way, do we have an update on the uh, Michigan uh, Wisconsin fiasco. What happened here, Sam? All right, so according to Jeff Goodman of Stadium, um, this is him tweeting just three minutes ago. Uh, not sure it was actually a punch, but Juwan Howard grabs Wisconsin assistant Joe Krabenhoft. He says that'll be a certain suspension for Howard. So yeah, the, I mean, uh, he, oh, he's, Joe Krabenhoft was the it guy It wasn't a punch, there. but he swung at well, him like sw- a swipe. Yeah, it definitely looked like a strike. And definitely struck him in the head. No harm done, but uh, and that just that really escalated the whole fjord. So we, this, we, is, this is from Seth Davis um, with CBS Sports. He's at Seth Davis Hoops on Twitter. Unbelievably ugly scene at the end of the game. Plenty to blame to go around, but foremost to Juwan Howard for – slapping Wisconsin assistant Krabenhoff. Mm-hmm. No doubt suspension is coming for Howard. Should be multiple games. Absolutely inexcusable. And then he followed it up with, this is the second time that this has happened with Howard. Remember, he had to be restrained from going after Mark Turgeon last year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no excuse for that either. Yeah. No, it was not pretty. 
not a good look at all for Jawan Howard, Michigan, or the Big Ten. So uh, we'll keep up updated on a developing story uh, as far as that is concerned. All right, so getting back to baseball, so how far apart are the sides? Uh, they are miles apart. I mean, somebody said this way, the two sides are about $50 million apart from their idealized tax line for the 2026 season, which would be part of this collective bargaining agreement. Now, two things could happen this week because there's going to be multiple meetings this week. This is going to be a big week for Major League Baseball. If they're going to get this resolved, if we're going to have opening day on time, it's got to happen this week. Remember, their last meeting lasted all of 15 minutes. That, that's not going to get it done. A 15-minute meeting is definitely not going to get it done. By the way, Iowa Sam, aren't you friends with Gene Orza? <laughs> I mean, I've I, known Gene a long time. Yeah. Uh, remind all of our listeners who Gene Orza was. Uh, Gene Orza was the uh, COO of the Ma- uh, Major League Baseball Players Union. Yeah, he did years. all the negotiating for the players against the owners all those years. Yes, okay. yes. Um, well, are you trying to send out the bat signal that I should? I don't I know. Should, uh, I, I text would like. Gene? Well, I'm I'm just saying because he would understand the situation whether we can bridge this gap. In other words, is this reparable where we can find some compromise so that Major League Baseball is not looking at a delay to the start of the season? Which, by the way, is something that Rich is all in favor of. Rich, you're still trumpeting the idea that the best thing that ever happened to Major League Baseball was a 60-game season two years ago. That was like your dream year, like a like a two-month season. Let's get to the playoffs and forget this 162 games, right? I, I mean, I understand. There's a lot of players, lots of players who disagree with me uh, for obvious reasons because they were also paid prorated salaries. I imagine if players were paid their full salaries for playing you know, less than half a season, they would be singing a very different tune. Um, but it was the most exciting season of baseball in my lifetime. You couldn't turn on a game that didn't matter. How many, how many games can you say that about in the regular season of baseball during a normal 162 baseball Well, I don't season? know, because if you miss out on the playoffs by one game, I guess that game you lost in April did matter. Well, well yeah, don't get me wrong. There are those nitty-gritty, you know, must-have moments down the stretch of the season, and I guess you could then rewind all the way back to April. You could rewind as far back as you want and say, coulda, shoulda, woulda, if we would only beat the Mets during that doubleheader after the rain rain out, uh, whatever it was. You could say that, but nobody does because it's too long of a season to really rewind the clock and break it down that way. The NFL has it perfect, 17 games Maybe is a game too long, but it worked this season. I'm willing to adjust my temperament on that argument um, in the future here if it continues to work for the NFL. But basketball, I mean, it's criminally too long. 82 games is ridiculous for that sport. And baseball is ridiculously laughably too long. So, yeah, I, it's not going to happen, Steve. But if if I were in the room, if, if I was asked, hey, Rich, what's on your wish list, a shorter season would be one of the big ones. And you would be thrown out of the room, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, at least you state your case. Here, here's the bottom line of what the players are really looking for here. If you see graphics of the growth of net revenue for Major League Baseball, which has gone up consistently every year for the last 17 years, with the exception, of course, of the 2020 season, and you look at the tax levels – they're, they're not in sync. They're not even close to be in sync. 
Uh, and that's what the players are looking at. They know there's money to be had. And the owners certainly did themselves no favors when right prior to the lockout, they started money, spending money like drunken sailors like we never seen before. They were handing out free agency money like there was no tomorrow. And you're like, isn't your argument that you guys went broke during the shutdown of most of the 2020 season? Apparently not. So what the owners want is a hard cap. They want to control the amount of money that's put into the players' pockets. Obviously, the players do not want that. So that is the big divide right now in Major League Baseball. But again, if they do not get some deal done this week, we are going to get, at the very least, a delay in the start of the Major League Baseball season. Something we haven't had, by the way, since the 94-95 situation. Uh, of course, wiped out the 94 postseason and delayed the start of the 95 season. It's been a while, Rich. It has. It has. Yeah, look, unfortunately that happened because now that reality looms somewhere in the near distance. For anybody who lived through that, who anybody who was a fan of the game on the other side of that, uh, you know, the story is told, and it's an accurate one, that Bonds and Sosa and McGuire really saved baseball after the calamity that occurred, the collapse that occurred on the other side of that labor disagreement. Let's just hope we don't get there. You know, for right now, it's kind of like one of those finger, fingers crossed times where we're just all looking at this and hoping they can come together and get it figured out because... I'm not saying baseball won't survive this, but baseball will, again, be forever changed if there isn't a season or if there is a season that's cut in half due to labor disagreements. All right, I'm reading the headline on Pro Football Talk. Rich Orenberger doubles down on claims of Tom Brady, Bruce Arians' dysfunction. <laughs> now, how did our guy, mild manner Rich Orenberger, become a lightning rod in the NFL? We're going to give you the story in his own words. Coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from RYOBI. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the RYOBI 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the RYOBI leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with RYOBI's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work. Done and done. 
click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Steve Hartman and Rich Ornberger, Fox Sports Sunday. Uh, I want to get Gascon here for a second. Uh, He's got an update on exactly what went down in that Wisconsin-Michigan basketball game that ultimately had Juwan Howard, the head coach of of Michigan, swinging of sorts at a Wisconsin assistant coach. So what what exactly led up to this? It, the game was over. Yeah. I mean, it was the handshaking time at the end of the game until all hell broke loose. So how did this actually start here? <laughs> well, let me preface this by saying that, and Iowa Sam can attest to this, Howard was teed up on Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday against Iowa. So he was teed up. He was hot in that game. And in this game, Wisconsin was up, I believe, 15 points. And Michigan was trying to apply full-court pressure with less than a minute to play in the game. The game was over with. But they're still trying to apply full-court pressure. Wisconsin already had all of their backups in. So the Badgers called a timeout to try to break the full court pressure and and obviously coach these young guys up that were obviously backups, not seeing a lot of time. So Howard took exception to it. They met in the handshake line, but Howard walked right by the coaching staff and didn't want to shake the hands of several of the of the coaches until uh, until obviously he got to the end, and that's when <laughs> that's when things broke out. Uh, a couple of exchanges and pleasantries, and then all of a sudden, uh, one swipe, I guess you would say. It's not a, like a closed fist, but it's good enough to get him a suspension. All right, I, I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. So, uh, Greg Garda, head coach of Wisconsin now. Uh, Wisconsin went to Michigan a month ago and got blown out. Yeah, drubbed. I mean, just drubbed, 77-54. So here's the end of this game at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's got the game done. He's clearing his bench. And Jawan Howard suddenly is applying a full court press on the guys that, you know, are just finishing up the game for the Badgers. So Greg Gard calls a timeout saying, fine, if they're going to go full court press on my guys, I'm going to tell you how to get out of this. Then the game ends. So why was Howard upset at Gard? Shouldn't it be the other way around? I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. Well, probably because he called a timeout and didn't let his guys try to figure it out on their own. That's ridiculous. No. But, I mean, like, the one thing is, and I could understand where Howard is upset, not with what he did, but the fact that guard, when they walked by each other in the line, Howard wasn't going to acknowledge him at all. He didn't say anything to him, didn't shake his hand, but guard grabbed him by his elbow. So he he made first contact to acknowledge, like, hey – you know, you're obviously upset at me. Well, you shouldn't be calling full court pressure on on our offense. You know, and you're down 15 points. Yeah. So he made first contact though. So Howard, you can make the argument he responded in kind. So he yeah. took exception to that. Like you don't need to lay your. If you're an opposing coach, you don't need to lay your hands on me. What did the Fab Five say to the face? Slap. Boom. 
That's how it goes down. Um, but there was two guys from Michigan that were throwing punches, though, like legit overhand punches. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, once, oh, no, no, no. once they Howard were... swung or you know slapped at the Wisconsin assists and all hell broke loose. Yeah. I, I think what we're going to see is multiple suspensions. Obviously, it starts with Juwan Howard because it, it's not necessarily always – who started it? It's who finished it. Who did the most damage? Well, no, who... but, but you can see this all on tape, though. Like, oh, yeah. This was a CBS national game. Yeah, so... I'm watching the the replay of the video, David. Like yeah. it's it's pretty clear that <laughs> contact would was made first by the opposing coach, and yeah. then Howard reacted. You yeah. know what I mean? Like physical contact was initiated, yeah. and Juwan was retaliating, but. it's just one of those things where if you are the person who sort of sets off the dynamite, like the, the, the Ron Artest meta world peace moment, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're the guy, like sometimes you're left carrying the brunt, even though maybe you're not the guy, so to speak, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm watching afterwards because there are definitely players swinging hard. Some guy got tagged on Wisconsin by one of the Michigan players. So much more on this story coming up. Now, no matter how big this story is, it will not eclipse what has happened to Rich Orenberger, who has become a media celebrity of sorts. Uh, do you have sound of what? When you say, yeah, I have sound. What What do we have sound of? Oh, hold on. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I got Sam Sa- yelling Sammy, in my ear. Sammy's We've got, got sound. sound. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. We have uh, sound from... You have sound from Rich Ornberger? No, or no, we have no. sound this from is, um, the... Uh, yes, this is, Wisconsin, wow, this is Wisconsin Ornberger. radio here. See, I don't need sound from Rich Ornberger because no, I no. actually have Rich Ornberger. Yes, we have Rich. I'm sorry, we have sound. This is from the Wisconsin side, and there he's uh, the... I think it's Matt LePay describing um, the action here. And All right, well, let's get back to this. Okay, let's hear it. Howard and Greg Gard were going nose to nose, and now we got a problem. We got pushing and shoving, we got a lot of chirping, we got a wrestling match going on, and Jacoby Neath being pulled away by Carter Higginbottom. Adam Smith, graduate assistant for the Wisconsin Badgers, pushing off a couple of players. Yeah, there were some punches in there. It got nasty there in the end. And everybody being separated, you got to be really careful here. Tyler Wall getting guys away. You got to be careful here. Richard, big fella, getting out there. He's telling his guys, get off the floor. Good job, right, Richard. Here, good job, big fella. Absolutely. In the handshake line, looked like Jawan Howard and Greg Gard. We're jawing at one another. Now Jawan Howard started to go back to the tunnel, and now he walks back out. And he's got a couple more things to say. Greg Gard standing there saying, well, go ahead and say it. All right, so um, I, you know what's impressive to me? Because you got a packed arena, right? And this is a big rivalry with Michigan and Wisconsin, big payback win for the Badgers over the Wolverines, and they were able to keep the fans in check. How many times have we seen that, Rich, where, you know, all all of a sudden a couple of yahoos decide, hey, you know, I'm going to jump in the fray. I didn't see any of that. So uh, I'll give hats off to security over there to keep the uh, at least the fans in their seats uh, but yeah, that that was quite a volatile situation to say the least. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing that the, there's a lot of tinder there because there's a lot of emotion, 
and all it takes is one spark and the whole place could go up. And, and I'm glad that this really remained courtside on court and it didn't extend to the crowd because that's when seriously dangerous things occur. We've seen that in the past. So, look, I mean, as bad as this is or as bad as it looks, I mean, this gets sorted out. I think the the one problem is there there's there's a pass now, right? With Jawan Howard, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure what what his suspension will look like. It, but if it sort of feels like he's going to carry the brunt of this because there have been uh, there there was another altercation in his recent past. Yeah, and, and I'm watching here. There was one Michigan player that grabbed the assistant uh, that actually Howard yeah, swung see. at. Uh, all right, Gascon wants to jump yeah, back yeah. in here. It's, yeah, it's Terrence Williams. Terrence Williams threw a couple good flush shots. He was throwing blows on a, on a yeah. Badger. Yeah, he's number yeah. five for for Michigan, so he's not a starter. But he got his money's worth out of all the guys that were involved in the melee. Well, he, so. he is. He's going to be suspended because yeah. he. He clocked one Wisconsin guy pretty good. I don't even think it was a player. No. It was like a trainer or something. But if you got to look at what Guard did, though, because regardless of what Howard said, Howard was responding after Guard grabbed him. He was, but, I mean, I'm sure Guard is like, why are you walking away from me after you but pulled what you did? They don't have to handshake. Last year, none of these guys were handshaking. Now, all of a sudden, they go back and, like, shake hands. You don't have to do that. You're not compelled. I don't know. Did they shake hands hands when Michigan blew out Wisconsin last month? Hey, man, it's competitive juices, man. You don't owe anybody a a handshake. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, you you kicked my ass on your court. Like I'm fine. You know, like you have some words. I have some words. But hold on, hold on. on. I don't. I don't mind any of that as much. You know, but I. But I will say this. I, I. Do I need to see civility? Like, do I need to see happy faces and everybody going home, friends? No. Like, yeah. And and am I okay? with a player or a coach walking off the court and foregoing the handshake, especially if, you know, they're they're hot-tempered. No, I, that never bothers me. But you don't want to, especially in basketball, which is a contact sport, I understand that. But you never, you never want punches thrown in basketball because it's just, it's such a, a bad look for the game. Although I will say this, I can't say I didn't enjoy watching that video. There is something that's very attractive about passion. And when you see two teams that are rivals, you see a, a game that's been embattled and you see tempers flare. I, I don't know. There's there's something attractive about that too. So, mm. yeah. All right. Well, I want to continue this, but somebody's waiting on the other side. Uh, let's find out what's trending right now. Let's welcome in David Gascon. <laughs> oh, who's oh, yeah, been sitting back uh, waiting <laughs> for this conversation to end. And uh, how, how you been, David? Well, we were talking earlier about the popularity yeah. and growth of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, things were a lot more physical back in the 90s than they were in the 2000s. I mean, this, this was classic 90s New York Knicks. Yes. You know, Starks, Indiana Pacers. Anthony Mason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's so much as right, uh, yeah. Patrick Ewing, but. Yeah, don't forget Charles Oakley. <sighs> yeah, who can forget? I yeah. mean, no chance. Back in the day. That's good stuff, man. I mean, I remember growing up. I mean, it wasn't national attention, but when Barkley got in his trouble, I think throwing somebody out of a restaurant mm-hmm. through some glass. Oh yeah, 
I think that, yeah. That was in, just Philadelphia. Was that days, in I Philly? Believe, right? yeah, yeah, I think I remember that. So, Barely. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, could you imagine that stuff happening now? Like when Barkley threw the basketball at Shaq's head when Barkley was in Houston? No. No, not That's really. not going to happen these days. No. That, the, 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 those days sort of feel over. I mean, and, and that's that's what we were talking about earlier, the the – the basketball you and I grew up on that Steve was broadcasting on yeah. uh, when when he first started his broadcasting career, it, like it was just a grittier NBA. Oh, it yeah. Was, oh. yeah, it was well, different I mean, time. The, the the caption of Magic and Bird with that little like blowing kisses at each other that was yeah. considered taboo. I, re- I remember uh, sitting here with our buddy Jim Jackson doing yeah. a show. Jim and I did a couple of shows together. And he came out of Ohio State in 1992. Yeah. And I asked him, what was it like entering the NBA in 1992? And he said, it wasn't for the faint of heart. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, it is on. Like, yeah. you you better be able to defend yourself. Otherwise, you're going to get killed I mean, in this league. I hate saying it because a lot of people that are younger than us don't know, but there was nothing like the Philadelphia Spectrum, nothing like the Boston Garden, the Great Western Forum. Like those places were right on top of the of oh, the players. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God forbid if you're on the opposing side, oh, right? Man. Forget I mean, about I grew it. up hearing stories about the vet, uh, about the Spectrum with the 76ers and the Flyers. I mean, I just the irony of this whole thing was is that Pat Riley, all those years of the Showtime Lakers, yeah. not a physical team, and then all of a sudden here come the bad boys of Detroit, roughed him. And up. then when he became the coach of the Knicks, he was like the Pistons on steroids. Yeah. Like the the Knicks of the early '90s <laughs> made the Pistons of the late '80s look like pacifists. I mean, he <laughs> was you know with Mason and Starks and Oakley and Star- that was I a mean, physical bunch. Oh, and Ewing. I mean, it was. Brutal. Too. Those yeah, were wars. Right, Guys, well. uh, college basketball, Providence came back from the dead. They were down 13th at the end of the first half, tied it, forced overtime, and they beat Butler on FS1. 71-70 was the final. A ball game that just went final. Number 14, Houston, somehow prevailed, it looks like. Or actually, they're going to go to a replay right now. It looks like they're up. No, yeah, they did. It's final now. Houston beats Wichita State 76-74. to Then, of course, the melee between number 15, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Badgers win it 77-63. to You can go on social media to look up Juwan Howard. There will be some suspensions and some fines. National Hockey League, Hurricanes 4-2 over the Penguins. Montreal 2-1 in New York against the Islanders. Blackhawks and Panthers are scoreless. And the Daytona 500, guys, is underway. Kyle Busch right now is your leader. Uh, Steve's guy. Who did you have? Joey Kyle Larson. I lo- oh, no. I Joey Logano. Yeah, Joey Logano. Logano's right nowhere now? in sight. Nowhere in sight. <laughs> he's, he's, he's running in 23rd right, right now. Right where he wants him. Right where Shit. he wants him right now. Back to you. Uh, it's a long race. All right. Uh, thank you very much, David. All right. I want to go back to uh, – oh, by the way, Gene Orza. This is amazing. The yes. guy is trying to uh, peacefully retire – uh, it's been over 10 years since he retired as the COO of the Players Union. He represented them for 26 years. And all of a sudden, he gets these calls out of nowhere from Iowa Sam. Um, where, where, where is he? Right, He's like in Seattle somewhere, yes. a little vacation time. He, he, just, <clears throat> he splits time between Seattle and New York. Right. In other words, he has a very relaxing life right now. And, so and then yeah, all of a sudden, but he keeps know, up with the news. Let's sure. welcome him into our pandemonium. Let's yeah. do that to Gene. Uh, so we're gonna—he's <laughs> gonna join us in the next hour, about forty-five minutes. Uh, and this is a guy that again was part of every single negotiating between Major League Baseball and the Players Union 
for 25 years. Okay, so if anyone knows, it's Gene Orza. He will join us coming up in the next hour. All right, I want to go back. So Rich and I do a show called The Hartman and Rich O Show, okay, uh, Monday through Friday. Now, if you listen to me pretty much every day, well, every day, literally, um, I never take a day off. But I had a day off due me uh, because I had worked on the Martin Luther King holiday. So on Thursday night, I took my son uh, to the uh, UCLA-Washington State basketball game. By the way, Rich had a good time. Nice. Uh, uh, here's one thing about Pauley Pavilion, though. Not only did I, they really examine my vaccination card with the ID. It wasn't some passing glance. Like they were matching it up, seeing if I'm the right guy. Huh. But during the entire game, multiple people walking up and down the aisles with a sign saying, put your mask on. Put oh, your wow. mask on. And if you didn't, they would hold the sign right in your face. Put your mask on. Anyway, so that's that's life. And people are like, seriously? I go, yeah, that's what's happening on UCLA. So I took Friday off, and all hell breaks loose. All of a sudden, I take one day off, <laughs> all right. and I'm getting phone calls. I'm getting text messages. Did you hear about your boy Rich? I'm like, what the hell happened here? So give us a little background why Rich Ornberger is suddenly making headlines across the country. Well, it was twofold, and I, I want to talk about um, something that that obviously was embarrassing and something that I wish didn't happen, but it did, and and it's a part of uh, it's part of the conversation, and so I'd like to address it. On Friday, I was I received a text message from somebody who I deeply trust in this industry, somebody who you know and uh, you've worked with and I deeply admire in this industry. And they passed along this story that was, the way it was described to me was ready to break. It was fully vetted. And the person I thought I was speaking to uh, could not break this story because of their proximity to this information. So I would essentially be doing a favor. And uh, because I admire this person so much, because I I felt almost in some weird way like anointed with this story, and it's somebody I've spoken to recently. I was I was like grateful in some ways. Um, I went to Twitter with a, a report about how Patrick Mahomes, following this season, had to sit down with his fiance and his brother Jackson and asked them not to come to his his games in the 2022 football season. This did not occur. This did not occur. He didn't have this sit down. Um, what, uh, what actually happened to me was I w- received a text message from an imposter, somebody posing as somebody, again, who I deeply trust and admire. And when I cross-referenced the number, it was a former number of somebody who I had saved in my contact list. And so that was the confusion. And I don't know how they got that number. And I don't know how they got my number. Uh, but that was, uh, it was a real shame on two fronts. One, that it happened in the first place. Shame on whoever sent that text. But two, that I didn't vet it. That I didn't go to uh, my own sources close to as close to Patrick Mahomes as I could get or even check in with Casey writers beat, beat guys whatever and and vet this fully and do my own full due diligence so that story goes viral and then immediately 
Immediately upon figuring out that I had made a mistake, I posted a retraction. I took down the initial tweet. Um, and then later on in the evening, I actually had an opportunity to hop on the airwaves with Mike Harmon, filling in for Jason Smith on Fox Sports Radio, and was able to talk to a national audience and apologize to Patrick Mahomes and, and that stance. Um, now, in the interim, I had also put out this sourced information about the relationship between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians in Tampa. And that went somewhat viral as well. Obviously, the Mahomes story took over and that blew up much larger. But then um, throughout the weeks after I had initially sourced this report about how the Buccaneers coaching staff and the quarterback were getting along, uh, Bruce responded to the report uh, through Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times and I had more sourced information to release, so I did so last night, and that brings us today. All right, so the bottom line here is I can't take another day off is what you're saying. <laughs> okay. I can't. Yes, I, yes, can't that's, I think that's it. I can't leave you alone. Um, well, here's, here's, here's what I do applaud, though, and those recognizing, even though you made a mistake and you admitted to your mistake, um, they're backing you up on your version of the story of the unrest between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. So, uh, yeah, no credibility lost here. And, of course, I know you, and I know your sources. So uh, I'm confident in saying that I will back up what Rich Ornberg has to say about the situation in Tampa. And, again, Bruce Arians' reaction to it is predictable. It's Bruce. This is what he does. He's always reacting to everything. He's never been a guy to step back and just – I mean, it would be similar to, like, Belichick. Have you heard any follow-up to Belichick – with Brian Flores putting his name out there about that text message about Brian Dable. Have you heard one word out of uh, Bill Belichick about that? No. no I no. mean, that, that's he just walks away from things. That's not Bruce Arians. If, you were, if you're going to put a, something out there, um, he's going to put his own twist on it. So, anyway. It's good. It's good, though. I like this. Yeah, look, I, I mean, uh, here's, here's the thing. I think there are certain people who are responding to – my claims, this sourced story that I put out about the Buccaneers uh, with uh, with with dubious um, oh, and they're dubious of the 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 content because of the Mahomes story that went viral that I had to retract. But here's the here's the thing. Look, you can't expect everybody to be, or you can't expect people to be one hundred percent right all the time. Okay, and then also demand honesty, because if somebody is 100% correct all the time, it means they're being dishonest because nobody has it right all the time. Are you telling me I'm dishonest? Because <laughs> I've maintained over 30 years <laughs> that you've never, I never am, mis- made I a mean, mistake. I, I, I've been taken out of context. There's no question about that. But uh, as far as actually what words I've uttered, uh, but, but, none of that. I, I would prefer to be wrong and honest at times than to pretend to be right all the time. So if my credibility takes a hit by correcting a story that was wrong, that I should not have taken public until I properly vetted it on my own end, then that's my fault and I want to make it right. Uh, but but this story I am confident in. This story uh, is not wrong. Uh, it was c- cleared by multiple, I put it, Uh, in my tweet, impregnable sources, and I stand by it. All right. On the other side, um, 
March Madness is right around the corner. Such an exciting time. We're all excited about getting our brackets, and it's that good time of the year in college basketball. Could college football ever get to this level? A big announcement this week that pointed in the opposite direction. Coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from RYOBI. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the RYOBI 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the RYOBI leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with RYOBI's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Steve Harbin, Rich Hornberger, Fox Sports Sunday. All right, we are... Getting ever so close to March Madness, which is such a tremendous time of the year. A totally unique event. 68 schools will be whittled down to a Final Four and eventually a champion. In the the field of 68, Rich, you got 32 conference champions uh, automatic bids. Winning your conference championship, in most cases, the conference tournament. And then you have 36 at-larges to fill out the field. A lot of people would love to see college football get there. They had a vote this week to expand the playoff before the current contract of four schools runs out in 2025, and it lost. The three conferences that voted against expanding the playoff were the Alliance Conferences, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12. Now, right now, they have an alliance to take on the monolith that is the SEC. There are clear lines being drawn between the SEC and everybody else. Mm -hmm. This latest vote 
illustrates that while all these conferences privately are in favor of expanding the playoffs, certainly the Pac-12 is complete. You know, they've been excluded most years. They've only had a couple of representatives ever in the playoffs. They would love to see an expanded playoff, but not at the cost of making the SEC even more powerful. So I don't know, Rich. Um, I don't think, you know, we're getting to the point right now where the SEC is so separated itself, college football-wise, from the other conferences, that we may see a complete split. I mean, we we could actually see the SEC separate from everyone else. Um, you know, we've talked about uh, states like the state of California, you know, sort of threaten the fact they want to leave the United States to become their own country. I know Texas has done this in the past. Could you ever see that on the college football scene? where the SEC just has gotten themselves at a position where it's them against the world. Because that's where we are right now. It's possible, man. Anything's possible right now in college sports. I mean, with the name, image, and likeness Wild West that we've entered, the transfer uh, transfer portal, which essentially is free agency at the college level, and the reorganization of these conferences that could result – in a complete collapse of the current model, especially in college basketball, or excuse me, in college football. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I could see anything happening. I, I could see, I, the only thing I can't see is nothing happening. Change is coming. And if that means that the SEC splits off and creates its own independent governing body and they hammer out whatever that means federally with the United States government in terms of what's left of amateur athletics, if you even want to call that, um, or if it's going to be the, these, this conglomeration of schools finally determining that they're going to uh, separate into four super conferences or, or what have you. I mean, the one thing that is apparent and the one thing that is definite is major sweeping changes are coming to college football especially because right now this is not a sustainable model. The four-game playoff, uh, the like we were already talking about, the NIL, the transfer portal in its current form, I'm not seeing none of those. I'm not saying that none of those things won't stick, but there will be amendments made to all of those things. Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation because you also have these group of five conferences Remember, this was a vote of the 10 FBS schools and Notre Dame as the uh, separate entity, and it was an 8-3 to three vote against expand, or for expanding the playoffs, and the three holdouts is what cost us that opportunity. I'm not quite sure how this is going to resolve. I really don't. Uh, the bottom line is follow the money. I mean, that's it's always about that. You know, if you want the answer to the question in terms of big-time sports, follow the money. Where does it make the most sense financially for all these institutions? Once you figure that out, then you have a pretty good idea of which direction they're actually going to go. But the bottom line is we're going to have a four-team playoff. It's not a playoff. It's a made-for-TV event. And, again, I'm not, I'm not saying anything against ESPN on the way they do this thing right now. They're trying to get eyeballs. Unfortunately, once again, we had non-competitive semifinal games, Rich, yeah. which seems to be an annual event, even though we did have an outstanding championship game. Uh, but this is where we're at. And as much as I would love to see a true playoff in college football – it may never happen. It may never happen. All I'll say is this current form of college football is better than what it was, but there is room to make it even better. 
All right, it is an all-star day in the NBA, a wrap-up of the NFL season, and will there be Major League Baseball soon? Coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Well, I I feel like uh, the physicality that is the nature of the NFL, yeah, it's in the rearview mirror temporarily, but we saw it on the basketball court today. Yeah. Michigan and Wisconsin, they got after it a little bit there. (laughs) Post game, Coach Guard, Coach Howard, some words. A little bit bigger. Yeah, get a little little physical nature there. So, yeah. uh, all right, we're back at it. Uh, Gene Orza is going to be joining us, former COO of the uh, Major League Baseball Players Union. Uh, can the differences be resolved this week? Because if not, uh, most likely we are going to get a delay to the start of the Major League Baseball season. they got to get it done this week. Maybe Gene Orza steps in. I don't know. Sam, you got that power, don't you? If you told Orza, like, you know, I'm a baseball fan, I was there, Field of Dreams. I lived the dream. I love Major League Baseball. I needed Gene. Would you get back in there and resolve this? He would jump at the opportunity, right? I, I think so. I yeah. think he would because I've known Gene since I was a kid. Yeah. And great friend of the family. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think I mean a lot to him. And maybe, yeah, he'd, he'd use his powers that he could to influence let the me, Let me ask you, you know, uh, Rich, we were envious, were we not, of uh, Iowa Sam who was there at the Field of Dreams game. I mean, he he took in that entire scene (laughs) that we watched on television and were just blown away. Like, I mean, if if you were ever to say, can you sell us on Major League Baseball, that entire... Higher, the game was unbelievable. I don't think it'll ever the top. scene was unbelievable. You can't repeat it, obviously, but you were actually there. Now, I don't think Gene knows that either because I haven't talked to him. I hadn't talked to him for about a year. Well, maybe so he, we'll step aside and let you discuss it with him on the show. I was uh, there, you know. You were go, there. I but can I wax mean, nostalgic. But, but how much? Uh, how much did that experience take you next level with the game of baseball? I mean, you've always been a baseball fan, but it, I, I think that. Well, it, it definitely links my home state of Iowa to yeah. Major League Baseball. And I've always been a field of – everybody who's from Iowa pretty much loves the movie Field of Dreams. Yes. And I think it made it a little more important to me. But, but it, it, it altered your, your link to Major League Baseball yes. in general. Yeah. I've been to – I've been to a, uh, probably about a dozen Major League Baseball games. This is the, by far the most unique experience. Oh, can't top it. Can't top I, uh, it. Can't top I, I'll, I'll say this about special. baseball in general – is yeah like that the idea to take well i should say the practical application of taking an idea like that sam and creating a reality around it something that you got to experience in person whereas the rest of us were enamored with it watching at home i think they did a really nice job producing it yeah i think they spent a lot of money uh making sure that the stars aligned to have a great game uh, from a celebrity standpoint, from uh, the the production value standpoint, and then there's no questioning they tweak those balls <laughs> because well, I mean, to, the to field was smaller. To, to get a field walk off, field field was yeah. you have a walk off yeah. in the cornfield. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on, and fireworks gone. I mean, it was magic. It, it was, was spectacular. And, and the by sunset the sunset was spectacular. The uh, the ratings were spectacular for Major League Baseball. People watched. I mean, they may have tuned in for curiosity's sake, but they watched it. They stayed with it. It was a huge game for Major League Baseball. And that's the thing, Rich. Again, we're going to be joined by Gene Orsa coming up here shortly. 
You don't want to follow up that with a shutdown. I no, mean, you, you, no. You, you, you got some momentum going, right? You got a little bit of momentum there. That was it. Okay, yeah, there are some things that make baseball unique, make baseball special, that separates baseball from the other sports. We were reminded of that that day. Um, and now you're going to shut it all down again? Come on. I mean, that's... It's uh, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing how sometimes the lack of self awareness that you'll see with overall some of these sports leagues. But when you're behind the scenes, like Gene Orza, like I was at a point as a as a union rep with the NFLPA, you and you get to see how the sausage is made, and you get to sort of hear how people on the union side talk about ownership and. You get to experience how executives really talk or you hear the stories of how executives really talk when the doors close to the players. I mean, then you have a better you have a better understanding of how we can get here because the business of sports, sports are great. Sports are field of dreams, right? Sports are those moments where we go, whoa, a walk off in Iowa. That's how it happens. And like Sam said, and it's all the cherry on top is a beautiful sunset, but the, the business of sports, it's not sunsets and rainbows. It's ugly. It is ugly to get these deals done. I mean, in the NFL, you're talking about shrewd negotiations that result in NFL players still not having lifetime health care, even though many players are in dire straits medically uh, following long careers in the sport. Um, you have situations where owners feel like they've been shafted by the players because they're pushing them around in negotiations and, and get a greater minimum salary, whatever that means. Because that's embarrassing when it reaches the public. You know, that millionaires are battling with billionaires. It is an ugly business of sports. But once you can get past all that, then you can have fun again. And hopefully we get there soon with baseball. Well, I, I've always been sitting in the fan seat, okay? Um, although, I will say this. There was a time where I was on the owner's side of things when I worked for the Raiders during the players' strike of 1987. And it was weird because I had been with the organization. It was my fourth year, so I had you know time invested in the organization. And when the players walked out two games into that season and suddenly I was saddled to try to figure out how to put a media guy together with our replacement players, I got angry. I was sort of like, wow, so you guys are walking out? Really? Um, and I didn't, I didn't have the perspective of the players in the terms of, well, this is a bad deal for us long term. I, I wasn't thinking that. I was more on the management side of things. I got it. The problem now is just a fan's perspective is they don't take any side. Right. All, all they hear from the owners is blah, blah, blah. Players, blah, blah, blah. I mean, major, to show you this, Major League Baseball players – the minimum salary in Major League Baseball right now is about $575,000. That's the minimum wage. The players, the apparently the owners have offered to raise it to six fifteen. dollars The players want seven seventy-five. dollars Now, we're, we're fighting for a $15 an hour minimum wage in this country, and you're making yeah. a minimum of $575,000, and you want to raise it to seven hundred seventy-five. dollars Now, right or wrong, and, and again, you have a player's perspective on things, but for the average fan, th- this, this argument holds no water. Like, what are you talking about? That's not good enough. You want more? 
This is the problem. Blah, 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 blah. It's the fans just want to enjoy it, their sport. It, it is embarrassing when you phrase it that way, right? You know, think about – I think about my dad. My dad belonged to a union. Yep. My dad wasn't getting paid nearly what my union negotiated for as my minimum salary when I was playing in the NFL. And his union job provided food on the table for us growing up. You know, him and my mother, you know, they worked hard to provide, worked very hard. They didn't get to play football and, and get hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to play that sport. Now, again, a lot of talent and hard work and sacrifice and blah, blah, blah. It all goes into that, too. I'm not – this isn't a self-congratulatory thing. What, what I, I – that, that stuff matters, too, though, because that's what the players go in armed on their side – the personal sacrifice that it takes to play this game and feeling like they're not getting a fair shake at the table when profit margins come out. You know, that the owners of these teams that are, are I mean, clearly raking in a tremendous amount of money, otherwise they would not be invested in baseball, aren't sharing enough of the pie with the players who sacrifice limb and life in certain cases, not always, but injury certainly, to play the sport. But it does box out the fan, the guy who's working on the back of a construction truck, right? The guy who's filling up the back of a garbage truck, who's tacking down shingles in 110 degree weather. You know, like those are the people who support this game. And to sit there and have these arguments over a hundred thousand dollars. Literally, you you said it was six fifteen. Arguing for seven seventy five. Right. It's 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 at five seventy five. The owners have offered six fifteen. The players want a minimum wage seven hundred seventy five thousand a year. It, it just it's so distasteful when it comes back to the fan. And yeah. look, you, the same way you in the nineties had more of a management take because you sort of felt like oh these. These uh, these these greedy players and and you know let's just play baseball and I'm a fan and I want to see the game. I was indoctrinated on the player side, you know, for years and years and years. I drank the Kool Aid. I only saw it from one point of view. But you know what? Now on the other side of my playing career, well, look, I'm pro union and I want the NFL players and the former players to get what they deserve in terms of remuneration and salary and their fair share of the pie. More than anything, I don't want any of these sports leagues and their players to lose sight of the most important thing, the thing that keeps the lights on in these stadiums and ballparks, these hockey rinks and these basketball courts, the thing that fills those seats, the thing that, the, the thing that buys the concessions, that buys the TV packages. It's the fans. That's what this is all about. It's always been about it. It should be more about it. It's unfortunate in these moments it's not. All right, so is it fixable? On the other side, we're going to be joined by a man that was involved with all the contract negotiations between the Players Union and Major League Baseball. The former COO of the Players Union, Gene Orza, will join us coming up next. Steve Harbin, Rich Ornberger, Fox Sports Sunday. All right. This is the week. By all accounts, Major League Baseball and the Players Association get together. If we don't have a resolve by the end of this week, at the very least, we'll probably see a delay in the start of the upcoming Major League Baseball season. Joining us right now, a man that started with the Players Union uh, back in 1984 as Associate General Counsel, eventually became the COO of the Players Union. Gene Orza is joining us once again. First of all, Gene, uh, we apologize for the harassment 
uh, for Iowa Sam. He did that on our behalf. I know you're probably relaxing right now. The last thing you needed to do was engage in some kind of negotiation. So we appreciate this time, Gene. Well, I was relaxing, but every call from Sam is still no reason to depart from that. He's a He's the boss, as far as I'm concerned. He's just a great guy. Uh, we agree <laughs> with that. All right, Gene. Look, uh, you were a part of this for a quarter of a century. Uh, you were tough on the owners. Uh, I know that they were happy about your retirement uh, many uh, years <laughs> ago, over a decade ago. But let, let's talk about the current situation. The idea that, from what I understand, is that the owners are really trying to get a hard cap situation here and a salary cap, and that's something the players do not want because it would restrict salaries. Uh, from what you have seen, what you have followed in this story, is this fixable, or are we in for an extended lockout of Major League players? Well, before I answer that question, I should say it is ironic that after all the bad things they said about me while I was there, they all want me back. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure what that, you know, we miss you, Gene, is the message I keep on getting, but uh, I, I keep on saying to them, where were you back then? Um, I don't think it's a hard cap that the, cl- that the, that the uh, clubs want. Uh, I'm not sure that's, that's the problem. Um, I, I think they, they don't want to make many changes to the current system because they're quite happy with it. It's uh it's held salaries down to, to some extent, but more importantly, it's held salaries down at a time when franchise values are going through the roof, and there are all kinds of new sources of revenue that they don't want to you know, jeopardize the continuing growth of franchise value, particularly with respect to gambling. I mean, there are baseball clubs building casinos. Um, the, uh, so I don't think it's the hard cap. I think it's a question of the union believing that um, it left a lot on the table last time around. It wants to get that back, and it also wants to fix certain things in the game that it thinks uh, w- w- uh, uh, address the integrity of the game, uh, and particularly uh, the tanking by clubs in order to get draft choices, which have become come to be seen as much more valuable nowadays as they were, let's say, 20 years ago. So I, I think it's really a question of we don't want to give you anything and the other guy saying we want to give you a lot. But there has to be a caveat in all that for your listening audience, I think. Nobody really knows. I, I may have a feeling or a sense, but it's not essentially informed as much as it otherwise could be because we're not there. See, only Rob Manfred knows, and he's not telling you or me or anybody else. He might not even be telling his staff how committed his clubs are to make me to giving as little as possible. They may not be that committed. He knows. And I don't, and you don't. And any other person you read about in the papers is just doing the same thing I'm doing, which is, you know, talking off the seat of their pants. Uh, similarly, Tony Clark, only Tony Clark really knows how committed the players are to fighting for the things they want. He's not telling me. He's not telling you. He may not even be telling part of his staff. But those are the two players involved, and they have the poker hat cards. They're the, they were the ones who had dealt the cards, and they ain't showing their cards only until the point of the end of the hand. And so it's hard to gauge exactly the degree to which you know what you feel or what you sense is going on has any real meaning. I mean, I'm not there. No one else is. Those guys are. So they know what the eventual outcome 
or have an idea about where the eventual outcome has to be. That said, I think that uh, they're going to lose games this year. I agree with that. I've been consistent on that since the season ended and we started hearing news about the frosty negotiation over the new CBA because you saw a preview to this when they were trying to figure out how to play during a pandemic. I mean, yeah, there were concerns about player health and safety and staff and all those things because COVID-19 was brand new. There was a lot of fear. But a lot of the negotiations were centered around uh, compensation, which was it felt off, but it felt like a prelude to what we're seeing now. Gene Orsett joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Gene, you were in the room. You mentioned something really interesting about being in the room in these negotiations. The fact that sometimes, because there is that disconnect, you know, Tony Clark, Rob Manfred, they don't know what the other is thinking. Were there times in your past where something was offered that you got that felt like it was a gift in these negotiations. You didn't expect the owners to seed on, and it came easily because they thought it was a desire that you you had on paper on your side. Uh, I don't think I've ever received a gift from the owners. I mean, if anything, <laughs> okay. I may I, I may have gifted them. I, I think the uh, uh, some sometimes you have to, you search for a creative solution to get common ground with the other side. I, I talk about collective bargaining. The result of collective bargaining should be a comfortable dissatisfaction. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't get what you want, but you can live with it. You know, I, I would be nice if I had X and Y and Z, but I do have A, B, and C, so all right, I'll move on and fight the battle another day and another time. Um, uh, but what you sometimes do is you search for what I'll call a creative solution that'll, that'll bridge the gap between you. Um, the best illustration, I think, is, is drug testing. You know, we were opposed to drug testing of any kind as long as the Fourth and the Fifth Amendment remained in the Constitution. They wanted drug testing adamantly, et cetera. And so we had to look for some creative way. Rob and I, as a matter of fact, two of us, had to look for some creative way to get us talking about the same thing. And we fastened on the idea of a survey test to see exactly how big a problem it was. Uh, and if the results of that survey proved that the clubs had a better view of the use than we did or that the players did, that uh, we would uh, figure out a way to negotiate a deal that would uh, make, determine the answer to that question, the, the size or the what I'll call it the epidemic, uh, if there was an epidemic or something less than that. And if that's the case, maybe we can work something out where, you know, we have, we're not, now we're talking about the same thing. There will be drug testing. Now let's see what the drug testing looks like. Um, also on the salary cap, you know, the, the salary cap was removed from the table, but largely because we indicated a willingness to do something other than a salary cap, which was we'll give you some greater revenue sharing and there'll be some penalties for excessive payrolls. That, in fact, that history is at the heart, I think, of this negotiation. And Rob will, Rob will admit this. Rob is a very smart guy. He's very industrious. I have great, great respect for him. Uh, but he would admit that when we agreed to the competitive balance tax and the penalties, I said to him, uh, you understand, of course, that these things cannot operate as a cap. Because if they wind up ending as, right, uh, as being a cap on salaries, then you got indirectly what we just beat out of you, namely the salary cap. 
So these levels of these thresholds have to be set. These penalties have to be set at a level such that a number of clubs don't care and they'll continue to do what they're doing. And he agreed. And so, and I think that the, the, the union now knows that, that they're, they're seeing these, these caps, they're seeing the threshold, they're seeing the, the, the penalties as effectively operating on the very same level as a cap when the cap was, for want of a better term, beaten out of the clubs in 1994, 5, and 6. So that's really a, that's a fundamental part of the negotiation. Um, it's, it's a difficult question. Again, I, I'm not there. I, I, I have a sense, first of all, that um, part of Rob's problem is the continuing battle within Major League Baseball by club owners over clubs with a lot of money and, you know, and a lot of wherewithal versus clubs in a smaller market. I think that the clubs are, you know, they're not particularly happy about the Yankees and the Mets hmm. and the Angels and the, uh, <laughs> and, and the Dodgers. And so uh, and any movement that Rob makes towards the union in terms of raising the thresholds and reducing the tax rates, maybe, you know, other clubs out there are saying, well, gee, that's going to benefit those evil Yankees and, and Dodgers and, and, and the teams in New York and Chicago and Los Angeles. So that, that's part of his problem. Tony's problem, on the other hand, is, is, is probably more profound. <clears throat> I always ask people like, when I, whenever I'm on a radio show or in a saloon, for that matter, to name the last player to miss a check by virtue of the 94-95 strike. And that was Alex Rodriguez. He was called up in 1994, and, and when he retired in 2009, he was the last guy who could say, I participated in the work stoppage. There isn't one player in Major League Baseball who has actually participated in, when I say work stoppage, I mean the cancellation of games, the non-playing of games that were scheduled, not this you know, phony lockout in December or something like that. Wow. Um, and and the and the and the and the other side knows that. Back in ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, you know, we had a lot of young players, and they were in their first, you know, labor stoppage. And I would go around literally. To, I flew all around the country and saw, you know, their mothers and fathers. But I would bring with me Cal Ripken, or Eddie Murray, or Kirby Puckett, and say, "Hey guys, look at these guys." If Cal Ripken is willing to sit out, what does that tell you? He's not doing that for himself. He's doing that for you. Well, you, those senior players that I would bring with me were instrumental in allowing the young players uh, to, to, to be solid with the union. Well, that's missing now. Uh, there, there, there's an element to the 94-95 strike that I think bears some witness to that. The clubs opened camps in 1995, a month early, and they invited all these minor league players to play in what mounted to replacement games, scab games, the union would call them. And they actually gave the guys who were willing to play the numbers of the players on strike. So, you know, Joe Smith sees number 13 playing first base. He said, that's my uniform. And they were all, all designed to get to weaken their resolve. And they got some players to do that. But they didn't get a single, not one, 40-man roster to play in those games. Not one 40, 1,200 players, mm. not one chose to play in those games. That solidarity 
was partly due to the existence of senior players showing the way, being the model, being the role model. The absence of that today, I think, probably is a factor in how the clubs are looking at this negotiation. Yeah, these guys saying they're going to be tough, but let's see when they have to actually lose checks. You know, none of them have lost checks before, like the guys back in 94, 95. So let's see how, how tough they are. It's what I call a search for authenticity. How authentic is the club's view uh, of, of its situation? How authentic is the union's view? And I just don't see the parties uh, right now having a realistic way of getting to common ground. I think that they're kind of set in their ways for now. I think that the, the, you're not going to know how strong the players are until they lose checks. The clubs aren't going to. We're not going to know how, how strong the clubs are until they lose games. And I think that that's, uh, that's the only way I see right now. But again, I could be totally wrong. I'm not there, you know. Yeah. The, the final thing I should mention, by the way, is that collective bargaining requires people to be in the same room. Mm. You know, uh, something's going on in the negotiation. I give Rob the eyebrow. He gives me the eyebrow. We meet at the coffee plot, and I say, how about if we do this? Or he says the same thing to me, you know, over, you know, next to the English muffins and the coffee. <laughs> we can have that kind of conversation. But when you're doing it by Zoom, I mean... That I really I don't say this to be modest, but I have no clue how I would have negotiated on Zoom calls. So many of the deals that we read, so many of the agreements we made were made face to face. I mean, you know, off to the side in a separate room. Chuck O'Connor and I actually left the negotiation and went into another room where we plotted out what we would say to each other. I'm going to say this, you're going to say that's ridiculous, I'm going to say why it's not ridiculous, you're going to say this and why it is ridiculous, and then we'll, we'll, we'll gradually get to this point. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that's fine with me, Chuck. And then you go back in the room and you do it. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that by Zoom. You can't do that by Zoom. So there's an element of this negotiation that is very untraditional, let's say, and it's one that I'm not fully familiar I could grasp. Well, I tell you what, Gene, uh, we wish you were there uh, because the bottom <laughs> line from a fan's perspective, we just want our baseball back. Uh, right. And, uh, Gene, we really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for giving us a little insight on what's going on and what to expect down the road. We always appreciate it. Thanks, Gene. Anytime. Take good care of Sam. Uh, we do, and he takes good care of Thanks, us. Gene. That is Gene Orza, long time with the Players Union, and of course retired as their chief operating officer uh, back in 2012. All right, good stuff there. Let's find out what's trending right now as we turn to uh, David Gascon, uh, who had all the right answers today. Um, Inter- it's always interesting to listen to Gene. We haven't talked to him in a couple of years right now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just the last part of what he was talking about, Zoom calls and everything else, that's not what happens. You, you need to get in a room with somebody, and you know how the conversation, sometimes when you exit the room, even more substantial things come out of the conversation. This, this is how it gets done. Yeah. Not just some Zoom call and yeah. people walk away or they're distracted or not focused and everything else. So. I mean, think about think about just the walk at, at uh, meeting breaks to, to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> like how many Happens times? Happens all the time. Shoulder to shoulder at the urinal or at the sink where it's just like, you know what? We, we could get past this. And yes. here's how. You know what I'm saying? Like all of this stuff. He's talking about standing over the coffee pot in the English muffin. None of that. 
none of that is happening right now for the players and the owners. There is probably not a more powerful union than all of major sports, right, here in North America? Well, they were that back in the day when he was working under Donald Fear and obviously starting with Marvin Miller. Um, players had their way. Yeah. Uh, but the owners have gotten somewhat of the upper hand recently. Now they don't want to relinquish it. So that's the problem we got. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Speaking from experience, I think one of the bigger travesties in the last two, three years is the gutting of, of minor league baseball. Oh. I mean – because you'd have guys that would go straight from high school to the major leagues, but then obviously be sent down to the double A AA or triple A. And now you get all these like high A and low A level clubs that are getting basically put out to, to pasture. Yep. And then you have no way of developing these guys. I mean, we remember the stuff with Chris Bryant when he was a, a rookie and he was put on the shelf by the Cubs because they didn't want to start his, his contract, right? They didn't want to get him into they wanted to make sure that they had the arbitration that was set up for him yeah the Padres recently did the opposite with Fernando Tatis right they did him solid where they put him on the opening day roster and of course now he's got the huge extended contract so but I mean that shows that the relationship is two ways I I get that if you see value in the dude you want to keep him for the long term but you got to do him right because if he's able to play on opening day then he should be out there with your with your roster you're you're starting you know, 25 that you're making it out there. But, yeah, it's brutal, especially here in California. We get so many teams, minor league-wise, that have been taken out, and you don't know where these guys are going. And oddly enough, you know this with Otani, is that yep. if these guys can't play in the United States, where do they go? If right. they go to Japan, then not only are you paying for a new contract if you want them back, but then you have to pay the rights to negotiate for that said player and contract. So you're doing a disservice to the brand of baseball here at the major league level by allowing these guys to go somewhere else other than here in the U.S. Yeah, mm-hmm. imagine if you made you know college football way, way harder to play, way more exclusive, yeah. way less spots on rosters. You would be watering down the talent that can filter up to the professional level in football. The same thing's happening in baseball right now. Yeah, no chance, man. Um, guys, college basketball today, a bunch of the games that have gone final amongst the top 25 Two overtime affairs where Providence beat Butler by one. Houston a basket late in the closing seconds to beat Wichita State. And, of course, the fiasco uh, between Wisconsin and Michigan. That thing ended with the Badgers winning 77-63. Uh, Juwan Howard talked about it after. Raising it to a point where it looked like you hit another coach in the face. What kind of happens in between to make that happen? Well, basically, uh, you know, I addressed with uh, the head coach that uh, I will remember that because of that timeout. And um, for someone to touch me, and I think that was um, very uncalled for them to touch me as we were verbalizing to communicate with one another. So uh, that's what ended up happening. That's what escalated. Let that be a lesson to Iowa <laughs> Sam. He put hands on me, mm, Mister. <laughs> Guys, uh, Daytona 500. Ryan Blaney's in front right now, uh, lap 76. As it stands, all the fun is on Fox, the Fox Sports app. I'm, I'm looking, Joey Logano's in uh, 12th place right now. Hey, at least he's still driving, right? Yeah. Good thing he didn't say, like, Danica Patrick. She would have crashed after <laughs> wow, 13. Wow, you had to get your shot in on her, right? I just, I mean. She did win the poll that one year at the uh, Daytona 500. Great. Um, all right, uh, David, thank you very much, and uh, appreciate that burrito, by the way. Oh, I don't know. Would any of us survive today, Ryan, Sam, without that uh, breakfast Absolutely burrito no, brought in? No All right. Slowly. Slowly. Would have collapsed. Slowly yeah. describe it to me. 
Slowly. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it was a, <laughs> a lot very, of grease. There was, no, oh, not, no, it was no. very classic. It just had your usual with the eggs, uh, bacon, and sausage. Oh, oh man. Yeah, yeah, bacon and sausage in there. Were there any real potatoes? Yeah, some potatoes. There's, There's always a little potatoes there. Yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very satisfying. There is a place that uh, Rich and I go to for a breakfast burrito. Santana's? Uh, oh, no, uh, no. Lupe's. Lupe's. What? Lupe's Man, never been there. Diego. You guys got to go to Santana's. It's off of Miranda Boulevard. No. Lupe's. Oh, I know where you're talking. Yeah, I've next to USD. Yep, now, uh, I've the, been the, there. The size of this uh, breakfast, it's literally a two-hand burrito. Oh. oh. So, yeah. first of all, when you lift it up, you got both hands on this <laughs> Sounds like a good Friday burrito. night. That is a... I mean, even for a guy like Rich, um, <sighs> who uh, I've seen eat uh, an amazing amount of food. Okay, you could say I'm a little hefty around the midst. Well, You're just, carb loading. Fine. You're carb loading. It, it, it's just that yeah. I've seen yeah, this I'm guy... Bulking. I've seen this guy, you know, down a lot of food at times. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. even for him to hold up that two-fisted burrito... <laughs> That that anchored you for a while there, Rich. That day, I would oh, imagine. So that was because we do the show in San Diego on Extra from six a.m. to nine a.m. That breakfast burrito held me over until <laughs> six o'clock two days later. Yeah. So it was. I went a full oh. forty-eight hour fast. <laughs> See, the funny thing is, is that people listening, like in Chicago and New York, are probably like, "Why the hell are these guys talking about Mexican food or like breakfast burritos?" But it's the same thing. If you go to Chicago or New York, right. you're singing their praise for their pizzas. Of course. Right? Yeah, and yeah. we do. Pastas, and yeah, we do. So. I mean, look, there's great food everywhere. If you just look for it, there's great food everywhere. Well, except, for, except for Iowa. <laughs> oh, no. Why do you keep piling on, Dave? Come on. <laughs> well, I, mean, I heaped oh, praise oh, on you yesterday for what, your FS1 work. Uh, yesterday. What, yeah. what would you say is the signature thing of eating item in Iowa? Something that separates <laughs> Iowa from I, everywhere else? Beer. Uh, beer, yeah, bush light, uh, tenderloins, big thing. Tenderloins? Yeah, sweet okay. corn. Yeah. Sweet corn? Yeah. Like corn beans. makes sense. Corn, I mean, come yeah. on. Sweet corn. Yeah. yeah. Some right. tenderloins, though, big time. Mm. Pork chops. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I, can get, I can do a whole menu for you. you <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're getting hungry. You've already, I'm hungry again. I, I could never, eat one of those Lupe burritos. The thing about Sam is he kept putting off eating the burrito, and then I said, when are you going to start? He goes, I finished. And I'm like, well, I didn't see you actually eat it. Listen, I, I inhaled it in about two minutes, and I was really busy trying to book Gene Orza, so I wanted to wait till the right well, time. Well, I'm glad you got Gene. Yeah, Boy, he glad. has a lot of praise for you. A lot oh, of praise he, for He's you. got stories for days, and I think it's I think our listeners loved it. So. All right. Uh, we've been talking so much about burritos uh, that we'll have to go on the other side to continue this conversation. So now that the NFL season is over, what is your best sports option? We're going to tell you coming up next. Steve Harbin and Rich Arnberger, Fox Sports Sunday. So this is, this is the problem if you are fully invested in the National Football League, which would be the overwhelming majority of you, 110 million people watched. The Super Bowl, 110 million people, which is why, by the way, all the celebrities out at SoFi Stadium were not wearing masks because when you know there are 110 million eyeballs on you, you want to be seen. Uh, so no one wearing a mask at that Super Bowl. All right, uh, Rich, here, here are your options right now post-Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is the first time that I've been in this studio in three weeks that I'm not looking at curling. 
Um, <laughs> curling was on 24-7, apparently, from the Winter Olympics, which are still going on. It's almost therapeutic. Uh, just if hours. And yesterday, I was sitting here and just, you know, curling, curling, curling. So curling's out. Okay, so we're going to eliminate curling from right. uh, what you're watching. We got the NBA All-Star game today, but we still caught, you know, a ways to go before we get to the NBA playoffs. Uh, March Madness is around the corner. You know, I got like three weeks left. I, are we like three weeks away from Selection Sunday? I believe we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, Where are we uh, at? Uh, February 20th? Yeah. Yeah, we're about three weeks. Yeah, about three weeks away from Selection Sunday. So, obviously, that's going to be a very exciting time. You actually just got me very excited by thinking about that. I'm like, okay, only three more weeks to get yeah, the brackets. I mean, yeah, I mean, once we get, you know, once you got those brackets in hand, I mean – I, don't, don't we all agree, especially the first two days of the tournament, not counting the first four, but, you know, that Thursday, Friday, you got 16 games and 16 more games. That, 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 those, that should be just a national holiday, right? I mean, because everyone's at work staring at their brackets. Exactly. Now, after right. the first week and then you throw away your brackets so you're still alive. But that first Thursday, Friday, man, Come on. I mean, That's yeah. the same argument to make for Super Bowl Monday. Sure. It, you know, absolutely. You just, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Because half the, the country's population doesn't show up on Monday anyways. Everyone's got their brackets at work, and they're not paying attention to anything. They're just like, ah, oh, I got that one right. I t- hey, did you see that? I told yeah. you. I told you. Providence is making a run. <laughs> I told you that one time I handed a, a bracket to one of our news anchors. She had never – she always wanted – she goes, I want one of those brackets. And I'm like, okay, well, here it is. And she goes, where is Ball Street? Oh, I go, my no, that's, Ball State. I go, I go, that's Ball State. S-T period is state, not street. She oh. goes, Ball Street. I bet she won, though. She I, did. And yeah, you know what? Yeah. It was the year Villanova won. She's from Philadelphia originally. She picked Villanova to win it all. It was the year, by the way, I picked North Carolina to win it all. The championship game was Villanova, North Carolina. And she won. Wow. Ah! But that, I mean... <laughs> So all right, so we got March Madness. We have no clue on Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. There's always NFL news. So free agency is yeah. in a couple of weeks. We got the draft coming up here. The uncertain nature of the Tom Brady situation. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's so. It's which all... way are you leaning right now? I mean, where's <sighs> Look, it's all NFL all, all the time, right? You know, that that just sort of hums in the background when mm-hmm. it's not roaring in the foreground. Um, look, I love the NBA down the stretch still. I yeah. can still sink my teeth into an awesome late-season game when you have contenders on the court vying for seeding in the postseason, when you actually have games that matter in the NBA. The NBA can still deliver some dramatics, so I'm looking forward to that. Um yeah, I, I DVR'd a bunch of curling, so I think I'm just going to mainly get back to that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, by the way, I do want to thank all the guys today, uh, starting with Iowa Sam, who uh, delivered Gene Orza. As we found out, basically, he said, you're the boss. That's what he used to call me when I was a wee You're a the talk. boss. I mean, yeah. uh, it's Gene Orza, former COO of the Players Union, yeah. calling uh, Iowa Sam the boss. Feels pretty special. I'm uh, buzzing right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm jacked up right now. One guy, good. one guy that has never referred to you as the boss, and that's uh, uh, David Gascon. I uh, never. I did ever. some some investigation. I did find mm-hmm. Quad City style pizza. Wow. Oh. Wait, quad, 
What, say that again? Quad, quad city, city style pizza. Quad yeah. city yeah, so the quad style pizza. Cities, there's two cities in eastern Iowa. Well, there's two cities in western Illinois. What is the quad Illinois. city style pizza? I don't know. I've, I don't think I've ever had that. It's right, an usual right, strip. And you claim to be from Iowa. spicy sauce. Wow. Uh, Ryan, of <laughs> course, stands by. <laughs> and uh, he's the guy that is the uh, traffic cop around here. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. That's uh, that's your role as a producer of this show. So and he uh, endures my madness job. back here. He really does. <laughs> yes, he yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, Richie. Uh, I, I. I. By the way, uh, you and I will not be working tomorrow, right? We got the President's Day holiday. Yeah. Yeah. We. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. have a rare day off, and we're going to celebrate yes. with barbecue. I will. I, I will be celebrating Franklin Pierce. Uh, the 14th president of the United States. Very few people recognize him on President's Day. <laughs> what? But uh, I'm about being pierced, pierced uh, with Franklin Pierce. I uh, keep it here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.